Hello, everybody, and welcome to season eight of Sequelizers. Oh. The first episode of a brand new season. But don't worry, I'm still your host, as always, Jack Chambers. And joining me, also as always, it's Matt Stockton. I am Optimus Prime. And I send this message to any surviving Autobots taking refuge among the stars. We are here. We are sequelizers. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. There we go. How silly. And also joining Matt and I, it's Tim Matum. In my Decepticon life, I never did a thing worth doing until now. Matt, take my parts and you will have a power you've never known. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I, we're not going to get into it yet, but I love the fact there's like, how do I upgrade? I know where this dead man's skin. Yeah, yeah, that's how that works. That's the rules. <laughs> you probably already guessed what we're doing, listeners, because they're some of the more like obvious to guess ones, I feel like. We've had some weird, <laughs> obscure that. stuff and some sneaky little references here and there. Mm. I would hope that most of the listeners have already picked up on it. But before we get to actually discussing the film, fixing the bad films and all that good stuff... I'd like to say a little thank you to the lovely patrons over at patreon.com slash sequelizers. You can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers. You can get early access. You can get ad-free episodes. You get exclusive merch. And you can even get to vote on some episodes. We'll talk about that later on in the season. And even pick an episode if you're an executive producer, just like somebody did for this very episode. What? I know, Matt. It's crazy, right? We let people... (laughs) Tell us what to do, because they give us money. It's crazy. I am Optimus Prime. Nobody tells me what to do. Ex- except Freedom is the kill right you, of the all God sentience. Of the tra- yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the Transformers talk. Don't worry, folks. <laughs> yes. But before we do, give a shout out to the executive producers. Mike Salvia. Andrew Steen Jonathan Firth Clark Watch my watch my dog step watch the foot watch your foot Josh Miles Shoot him shoot him shoot him me You got to move faster faster make up Josh Vandersloose And the man who picked this season opening episode Xenos He's doing it on the machine! You gotta stop him, get him! Optimus! Thank you much for your support, gentlemen. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if you would like to join them, you can support us on patreon.com slash sequelizers. You can get shoutouts on the show. Sometimes a slot will open up if one of the executive producers wants to step down, let somebody else... They've had their picks, they've had their fill, <laughs> and uh, want to jump up in there, you can potentially pick a future episode as well. But yeah... The season opener, pick from Xenos. We're talking about 2009's Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. The second in arguably five bad Transformers movies. <laughs> so, so I think quite a lot of the listeners will probably already be like, oh my God, finally, thank God, finally tackling Michael Bay's thing that ruined my childhood (laughs) so many people said people love the 84 cartoon people absolutely adore the 86 movies all this kind of stuff but i'll I'll kick it off with myself here 
I have never watched an episode of the uh, 1980s Transformers cartoon. I have never seen the 1986 movie. I had never seen anything outside of the Michael Bay Transformers films. How, how many of said Transformers films? I've seen five. All five. Oh, you, you have seen, but you've seen them before the research for this? I had or? seen, so, before, before research, I had seen the yeah. first three Bay Transformers and absolutely nothing else. Okay, so you've now seen the five. I have now seen the five Bumblebee. Bay Transformers, the 1986 movie, some of the 84 cartoon, some wow. of Transformers Prime, some of Transformers Beast Wars, oh, wow. and a couple of other bits and pieces as well. Some of the and Unicron Bumblebee. trilogy, um, one of the Energon short <laughs> series. Jesus Christ. I went deep. Oh, all the might, fans screaming, that, you that didn't might, read the comics, you piece of shit! I did read some of the comics. I had a look at oh, some of the IDW shit. stuff as well. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that might spoil it, listeners, the amount of research. I, I do a lot of research anyway, but yeah. I'm there's fixing a, this. There's a lot of research so. you can do with Transformers. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Um, I, want, I want to shout out a YouTuber called Chris McFeely, McFeely, Chris McFeely, who has done Transformers The Basics <laughs> as this ongoing series about individual characters, individual arcs, individual runs, specific wow. movies. It was incredibly useful for my research in like, what does Megatron actually do outside of the Bay thing <laughs> without having to watch and read everything else? And he compares like continuities from the comics to the TV shows, to the films, and then to the other, to the Marvel comics, to the IDW comics, to the, the ones that were published in Dreamwave, all this kind of stuff. And this mad batshit continuity that is the last 30 years of Transformers. Very, Which very is more research than recommend. Michael Bay did, probably. A hundred percent more yeah. research than yes. Bob Orsi and uh, Michael Bay did. Absolutely. Yeah. Tim, I'll pass the baton over to you. What's your history of the Transformers franchise? I'm very similar to you. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> see, we're, we're two white dudes in our 30s. You think like, oh, yeah, they <laughs> I, I think Transformers we, we are a little bit too old. Uh, too young, rather. Mm, yes. Um, because... I mean, we'll come to, come to old man Matt and find out something different. Maybe. Yeah. Hello, Sonny. <laughs> Because Hello, Scourge. Uh, Transformers kind of <laughs> preceded uh, Ninja Turtles in terms of like crazy popular toys. Um, we talked about our history of Teenage yeah, Ninja Turtles yeah. in our previous one when we fixed number three. Exactly. Also fixed by me, weirdly enough. <laughs> yeah, you're just tackling all the 80s toy franchises. Apparently so, yeah. We'll get you on the Polly Pocket sequel uh, in season one. Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll write a fucking Mighty Max film yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't even need to pay me. Inception's um, yeah, like entire world just opens up. Films yeah, so, so I was born. I was born in 1986, the year the the, the original animated film came out, and so the year, the year of our Lord Unicron. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was a little bit too young to like get into Transformers. Turtles came along at the prime time for me, but so I was never. I did watch some Beast Wars when I was a kid because that came along later. That was a CG series. Um, I remember enjoying. People that. really rate Beast Wars for the record. Mm. Looks like it's ass. well regarded in the Transformers communities. Yeah, I can't. And, oh boy, is there a Transformers community? Holy shit! Oh yes. <laughs> um, I can't say like it really stuck with me a huge amount in terms of like when I compare it to like other cartoons of my youth. It didn't. It didn't really connect. I didn't really connect with it. I watched. The first two Transformers movies in the cinema, uh, I remember fondly is the wrong word, uh, but hmm. I remember distinctly coming out of Transformers Revenge of the Fallen and thinking, 
that's the worst film I've ever seen in a cinema. Um, and I'm not sure that it's been topped. Really? That's that's a claim. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. Mm. I'm just saying that's a very, very bold statement. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I, if, if, if I go to the cinema, it's because I tend to be, I'm not like you, Matt. I don't go and see everything. I, t- I tend to only okay. go to something I'm excited about. I'm uh, exactly the same way, Tim. Absolutely. Both no of the Transformers films I got taken to by my sister. Um, she was like, I w- I'm coming up to visit. I want to go to the cinema. Let's go see Transformers. And I was like, fine. Or I think I might have been down visiting her uh, and, she, mm-hmm. and, and we went to see them. And she came out and was like, that was great. And I was like, it was fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, I we, love you. You are wrong. <laughs> yes, we had similar reactions to, uh, we went to see Passengers uh, together. And I was like, oh, no. that oh, no. was offensive garbage. And she was like, oh, I don't really think it was that bad. Uh, well, inoffensive quite... sci-fi romp. And you're like, mm, yeah. romp is the word I was going to use, but no, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Portrait of abuse. Space. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I I didn't have a lot tied up. I didn't feel like Transformers ruined my childhood when Michael Bay came along. But I also was very clear on being like, I don't need to watch any more Transformers films after that second one. Uh, And I still have not, apart from Bumblebee. um, I have not seen any of the other Bay films. Um, I I was almost, I was thinking about like... You have chosen wisely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they, on, they only get worse. Except maybe the, I would say maybe the third one has bits that's better than the second one. I'd agree with that. But uh, yeah. f- four and five are unwatchable garbage. They yeah. are unbearably bad. I I hated two so much <laughs> um, that I was like, and and I only heard that they get worse, and I I struggle to imagine how they could be more incoherent and trashy um and not in a fun way i like trash this is bad trash um <laughs> uh but yeah and then i went to see bumblebee and bumblebee's fucking great um, bumblebee is fucking brilliant yeah. uh so that All that is really should have been the limits of my transformers knowledge I'm probably the least informed of all three of us <laughs> you are point, now yeah following yeah. following jack's extensive yeah. research matt you're an og fan Sit the fuck down, Here children. Papa's going to tell you a story. Old man, Matthew. Uh, it's actually a little anticlimactic. So basically, um, I was born in 1984, and so I was. You were born for the debut of the series. Tim was born for the debut of the film. That is correct. And those two <laughs> years shift a lot um, because Transformers was big, even when the Turtles was coming through. Because I remember liking both, but I would grow up with with Transformers being a big, prominent part of my childhood and i loved transformers it was fucking amazing and because i was a child i didn't know well, that. As, as is well established on this show you're a man who loves a good mech see and this is the thing they're not quite <laughs> mechs but they're kind of mechs no, no, no see this is this is the thing this is the thing so my mother very proud of herself because let's face it the 80s was not the time people remember it as the 80s was a time of crisis and joblessness and horror and the fact that my mom so just like the 2020s then Pretty much. We're yeah. just in the cycle, ever, ever yeah. looping. Um, my mother is very, very proud of the fact that she was able to get me, as a kid, all four of the turtles, and most importantly, one of my most prized possessions as a child, Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah. As a transforming toy right. with the big back-end fucking trailer and everything, which was a command center. Have, have you guys seen the 
seven hundred dollar transforms yes. itself, does actions and walks about I... and then say attack, and it goes, I must yeah. defend the earth from the Decepticon. I don't like it. It kind of takes the point. Like you actually twisting and transforming and transforming is the whole fun of it. I'm not going like full on Jobby the Hong soul of Jagokin, like this is a 200 pound transforming toy. And it's like, here's the 90 steps you'll need to fucking transform the bastard. Um, because some of the ones when you're a kid just look like ass. I'm like, pull this bit up. It's now a man. Yeah. The arms fall. It's like, That's bullshit. <laughs> but I love Transformers as a kid. Now here's the key thing. I got to the sort of, when you get to like maybe like 11, 12 years old, you're like, oh, I'm not a child anymore. And you try and shirk off the ways of being a child. And you're like, well, no, you are a child. Just like the things you like. And this is where things changed. Transformers got me into mechs very quickly because big ass robots. But then when I turned like 13, 14, I discovered anime and I never went back Gundam. to Transformers again because Gundam replaced everything. Yeah. It's like, wait, 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 wait. They, people fly these things? But they're basically Transformers. And then, and then they but have better. existential crises about it? Existential crises and politics? I, yeah, if you want, if you I want existential just... crises, Neon Gen And then puberty happened. Yeah, because um, <laughs> yeah. um, I was just like, oh my god, I now understand lust. Yeah, so basically Transformers, and I've never... Decepticon, by the way, folks. Is it? Lust? No, it might be, who fuck? <laughs> that's the point, who knows? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, there so were, There uh, were some I... weird, like, sexy space witches called the Quintessons at some point. Oh yes, That may or may not have film. created the Transformers through weird yes. space magic. Quintessa in the Sounds fifth. like I'm making fuck this sake. up. No, I'm it's not, deep Because Quintessa shows up at the end of the fifth one, the last night. And be like, yes, we will we will reunite Unicron and and form a new life or something. She's a space anyone who's witch. never seen Transformers is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so, I, I watched that film and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so I I was very much it was a one way. It was like a door that closed behind me. Basically, I still appreciate what Transformers is, but I never went back to it. So the various new editions, people say to you like, "Oh, there's actually a really good animated series that came out." And I, I don't give a fuck. I don't care anymore. I don't care enough about Transformers anymore. Um, and then in the 2005 era, when the film was going to be coming out, there was a huge furore online. There was like this. This is in the early entitled days of the of the internet. Unlike of, the latter uh, the entitled days. Oh no, yes, but I'm, I mean that. It was the unbridled, oh my god, everyone needs to delete all your posts now because they're fucking terrible trash shit. Before Twitter was huge, mm. it was like things like um, Ain't It Cool News, that kind of oh, stuff, for example. Mm, mm. The yeah, blogging days. Yes, blogging gatekeepery days. Um, slightly different to what it is now. Just slower loading times. But the point is, it was very much like Lips on Optimus, Flames on Optimus, Tino as in Transformers in name only, all this bullshit. So when I saw the film, in, uh, and we'll get, we'll get to... to the details soon, don't worry. When I saw the film first time, I was like, oh, this isn't nearly as bad as everyone was saying it was going to be. And then it got exactly as everyone was saying it was going to be. <laughs> it was just as awful as that. But I thought it could have been a lot worse uh, coming out of the game. Because some people say, the like, the first one could be a lot worse. Yeah. People say, like, bad, you can't do Transformers from sequelizers because, you know, our, our previous uh, sort of mantra or motto, uh, the, the bad sequels to good movies. And it's like, well, Transformers isn't a good movie. And then it became like, bad sequel sources like we've taken just bad sequels it doesn't matter what the it's probably mediocre whatever also this was sort of a requested one but you know it's something that was like yeah it's 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 in a wheelhouse it's feasible we wanted to open the doors to ourselves and to the patrons who are picking yeah, these as well because mm. like i said xenos picked this one and with the previous mm. mantra it'd be like oh yeah first you can't have great, that though yeah but, but you can yeah see i i would say that the first one is not fine i would say the first one is bad oh yeah Ooh. yeah um 
and I just think that the rest get worse. Fair. Having having rewatched them recently, I was just like, no, people who defend the first one are wrong, as good or as or as fine are are wrong. These films are bad from the word go. They just get mm. worse because it's full of Michael Bayisms and real horrible, gross use of the military and women and mm. all that kind of stuff, which we yeah. will get on get on to. Yeah. In, Before uh, we go any further, yeah, we're gonna bring something back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Much requested. So in previous seasons, we've obviously got onto this, and it's it's we're very inclusive here on the show. We like to assume you're up to speed with us, and everything's great, and so on and so forth. Which is you've not done as much really... research as I have, yeah. right, listeners? <laughs> yeah, you know you've exactly. Watched you're, you're... all six seasons of a Transformers <laughs> cartoon that probably isn't relevant to any of this stuff, right? Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to bring back the synopses. Yay. These are going to be very, very, very brief rundown so you at least have a rough idea of what the current story is now admittedly there are six live action transformers films of note but for the purposes of what we're discussing today and we will definitely come on to the other ones but the key story points are really going to be the transformers movie and its sequel revenge of the fallen that is literally 2007 transformers and 2009's as you said revenge of the fallen that is correct so today i have written a synopsis and I've kept it short. Like <laughs> both films under 500 words. This was partly very, very difficult, but also very, very easy when you strip out all the bayisms and all the shit that goes nowhere. Unless you're just, you're just listing do... explosions and stuff, you can kind of narrow yep. it down pretty quickly, right? The story becomes people, quite straightforward. People just so. fucking yelling at each other. Optimus! Shia, Shia LaBeouf screams for 40 minutes. Yeah. Next scene. <laughs> Next scene. So, Transformers. Thousands of years ago, a civil war on the planet Cybertron hit a stalemate when the leader of the Autobots, Optimus Prime, launched the life-giving AllSpark into space and the leader of the Decepticons, Megatron, pursued it. You up to speed so far? Good. Makes sense in the 1800s, Archibald Witwicky discovered the frozen body of Megatron, which etched the AllSpark's locations on his glasses. And he went crazy. In the present day, I 15, 20 fucking years ago, Sam Witwicky, played by Shia LaBeouf, buys his first car, which turns out to be an Autobot in disguise. That's Bumblebee. The Decepticons arrive on Earth and hack the US military to track down Megatron and learn about Sam Witwicky. Sam and Michaela, a popular girl from Sam's school with the penchant for cars, played by Megan Fox, are saved from an attack by Bumblebee, who signals to other Autobots, who then arrive very quickly. Optimus Prime explains that Megatron's plan is to use the AllSpark to turn all of Earth's machines into a new army, because this eternal war that's constantly going on. A secretive government agency called Sector 7, represented by Seymour Simmons, played by John Turturro, kidnap Bumblebee, while the Autobots look for the AllSpark using the glasses. Megatron is still frozen and being held by Sector 7, but he is awoken by another little Decepticon. We're not going to talk about him. Just <laughs> Bumblebee takes the AllSpark and escapes. A large battle takes place between the Decepticons and the Autobots in Mission City, which is a fictional city. That'll be the last time a fictional city is used, I think. Other than, you know, Cybertron. Sam uses the AllSpark to defeat Megatron. After Optimus says, put the AllSpark in my chest to, to, to destroy it. And it'll end the thing. It says, no, I'll just put it in Megatron. I'm like, oh, yeah, I suppose that makes sense. <laughs> um, the enemy Transformers are then sunk to the bottom of the ocean. 
Sector 7 is shut down, and Optimus sends a signal, as he does at the end of these, every single one of these fucking movies, <laughs> to other Autobots we're, to join them on we're Earth. We're the good guys. Come and join us on Earth. because We have invaded, and now you should all come over. <laughs> Basically, they really like out. the military here, and we're essentially look like big pieces of military equipment, so everything's <laughs> fine. Yeah, he he crashes a house party and sends out a Twitter, like a tweet saying everyone should come in. So, cut to Revenge of the Fallen, and another flashback. Seventeen thousand years ago, <laughs> what a what a start! I love it. It's like the War for Cybertron. Now the eighteen hundreds. Mm. Next up. 17,000 years ago. <laughs> yep. Oh and the thing God. is with these movies, it just assumes you know what they're talking about. Because when I say 17,000 years ago, the seven primed built star harvesting machines. It's like, well, well, hang on, who now? <laughs> no, no, no. We don't have time for that. Move along. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to fit in all of our racist jokes. Yeah, race jokes and some very strange misunderstandings and how drugs work. 17,000 years ago, the seven primes, that's robots, built star harvesting machines to create energon. Energon is the most 80s sounding fucking energon <laughs> source of fuel, I guess. One it's, prime, it's however, transformers alive. Yes. It's their goo. One <laughs> it's their it's their battery power, it's the Duracell. One prime, uh Judas Prime, does, I don't think he, he doesn't have a name other than the Fallen, steals the matrix of leadership to build a harvester on Earth. This is against the Robo Code, <laughs> so the Primes imprison him. <laughs> I am sorry, sir. You can't continue. That's against the Robo Code, <laughs> bro. What you broke the Robo Code? <laughs> Robo Code is uh, if anyone wants to know, you can't be uh, uh, harvesting planets thoughts, with. I think is the phrase. You <laughs> know, uh, straight off the dome. I'm proud of that one. Brilliant. So yes, the idea is you can't harvest a planet with. Uh, sentient life on it but the, the 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 fallen as he is later known is like fuck that shit earth is right for taking don't know why don't earth is important but it apparently is so um he the the other primes imprison the fallen prime we know why earth is important in the later ones we do and it doesn't make sense because because this unicron don't <laughs> fucking stop <laughs> because fuck it why not yep we'll come back to that 500 words <laughs> <laughs> They imprison the Fallen Prime and then sacrifice themselves to hide the Matrix. Basically, I don't understand that. They, <laughs> they have a group hug and then explode yes. into a mountain. <laughs> yes. And no one will find them because they're hugging the Matrix. It's like, well, that, okay. Yep. Could have just flung it into space. Yeah, nope. no, no, that's makes hug sense. Hug it. Yeah, yeah. In the present, again, 20 years ago, the Autobots are working with the military to hunt down Decepticons. Yeah. Gotta work with the military, right, guys? Yeehaw. The good guys, right? Meanwhile, Sam is going to college, but has to leave Bumblebee behind, and Michaela worries that Sam will forget about her. This is a this is a thing that runs a lot. The idea that Sam can't commit. Shia LaBeouf cannot commit to <laughs> Megan Fox. And she's worried that other people are gonna snap him up. So take take your time with that one. Because he's so appealing in these films. He's a fucking catch, apparently. <sighs> anyway. Sam learns that he has a small fragment of the Allspark, which gives him visions of ancient Transformer lore, i.e. all that flashback shit, and gives it to Michaela. Because, Meanwhile, Soundwave monitors a transmission, a, a huge exposition dump is what it actually is, and notifies the Decepticons about the Allspark remnants, the other little bit of Allspark 
that's being kept in, in sort of cryostasis in a lab somewhere. The spark is then stolen and used to resurrect Me uh, Megatron at the bottom of the which Laurentian Trench or something like that. The, the Correct, fucking, yep. Yeah, the, the deepest part of the ocean or whatever it is. The pressure and gravity does nothing to his body, so it's fine. I'm okay with that. He's made of Megatron then travels to him. He is made of transforming. They specifically yeah, exactly. say so it will imprison them and crush them and blah, blah, blah. blah. It just doesn't do anything. It's doesn't fine. do it. No. no. Megatron then travels to a moon of Saturn where the fallen prime resides. Don't know how he got imprisoned on that, but that's apparently what happened. And orders him, uh, as in the prime, orders uh, Megatron to kill Optimus and bring him Sam because apparently a, a prime is anyone who can kill the fallen. Apparently. Yep. Megatron captures Sam and says the visions will lead them to the Energon source. Okay. Optimus and Bumblebee arrive, but Megatron kills Optimus Prime. <gasps> Sham! Run! Two steps and he's going to catch you. You're running as pointless, man. <laughs> yeah. He can turn into a jet. <laughs> <laughs> Run into a hole, borrow Run away Sam. from a literal <laughs> jet. Borrow like a hobbit, Sam. <laughs> Sam, How is Sam not dead like a thousand times over, honestly. Anytime these fuckers catch him, like Optimus oh, just like reaches out his hand or Bumblebee catches him, I was like, dead. Yeah. Landing on metal. Foil dead. on metal, yeah. yeah. And fucking spiky metal at that. Yeah. <laughs> and a bag of spoons at a garbage disposal. <laughs> this is this is established. That's what yeah. these things look like. Sam and Michaela work with Seymour to locate a very old Decepticon called Jetfire, who teleports them to Egypt. <laughs> Why? Why is any of this happening in this movie? Yeah. Sam finds Why the Matrix it? because they just find it. Oh, no, they find it because the two racist twin Decepticons uh, uh, have yeah. a fight for reasons. Wheeljack and, and Flapface or something. Why not? Mud, uh, mud skid, skid and Flap. Skids and yeah. Mud Flap, I think. There you go. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Flapface. Yours yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Beef drippings and flaps. Um <laughs> <laughs> Bubble and squeak. They're thrown about. Yeah. Is, and is they there reveal... A, there one played by Jason Statham is definitely called Beef Drip. <laughs> In this ancient temple that it's like, oh, there's the, there's the primes right there. Don't worry, we found them. And uh, they're, they're immense like group hug that formed like, we're going to protect the Matrix. Sam just crawls in because he's little. Um, it's what Mikhail loves about him, I guess. He's just a small little guy. And he crawls in and he goes, oh, I found the Matrix of leadership. It looks like a hideous knife. Uh, and then it just dissolves into like dust. He goes, oh no, and puts it in a sock. They then Sounds discover like you're making it up, Matt. You know, I know. You know. They then they discover that the harvester, the harvester of the sun, is in the pyramids in Giza. Because why pyramid. not, right? Why yeah. not? And I'm leaping over some stuff here, but basically Sam is attacked by Megatron and dies. In death, he sees a vision of the primes who say the matrix must be earned, not found. Well done, Sam. And the pieces of the matrix reform. He comes back to life. He finally gets to say, I love you to Michaela, which he's had problems with the entire film for some reason. Uh, and then he uses it to stab Optimus to life. Because we need the two main characters to die and be resurrected within five minutes of each other. Because oh, it's, it's fucking Transformers, in it? Storytelling. Yeah. The Fallen then arrives and steals the Matrix to activate the Sun Harvester in the pyramid. I should point out there's a giant constructicon with giant balls, but that's not important to the story. Yeah. It doesn't uh, actually matter. The was known as Devastator, but isn't actually yep. Devastator and all this bollock. Yeah. Nope. They, they all there's... join together with big old balls and a rail gun and all this shit. And... The rail gun is never brought back again. No. Nope. Shoots once and it's never... Nope. Couldn't shoot shoots again. Shoots it once and never shoots once. it again, even though it seems to be one of the few things that can actually hurt these fuckers. Yep. But, as Tim has mentioned in his introduction to this episode, Jetfire allows Optimus to cannibalize him, basically, and <laughs> use his parts as shoulder pads. Use my flesh. 
<laughs> you shall become more powerful than you ever thought possible. <laughs> and then Optimus, in one hit, destroys the Harvester with a gun that I think, oh, we just shoot it. And then kills the fallen with just punching him and like yeah. smashing his face up. Yeah. Then just shirks off all the extra bits because he doesn't need that anymore. Just shirks off the dead body. Then Megatron just hoofs it and escapes, and everybody goes home. <laughs> the end. And then Optimus Prime does Optimus the whole. Optimus Prime does a speech. I am Optimus Prime. Yeah. And then I'm sending this message to you in the stars. Uh, you forgot a very key ingredient. My parents in that. are gone. Come over. Yeah. You forgot a very key ingredient to every Michael Bay Transformers one. That, that is it. Lincoln Park. Every, I mean, the, the, the first song, the, 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 the what is it? Um, no, I can't even remember the name of it. But the song from the Roll first film. Roll out your slags. Uh, that is pretty good, actually. I think it's all right. It's fine. It's not bad as a song. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It wears thin. When you watch m- multiple of these films like in a row, yes. oh, Linkin yeah, Park I'm wears sure, thin yeah. pretty Fuck, fucking yeah. quickly. But I will also say Jablonski's score. What I've is done is really the end of the first one. I think. What I've that done is, that, yes, that's it. Faith, uh, that one. Yeah. And then the sure. other one is. <laughs> what I've done, which has got a, a very weird video that's like full of like nine eleven oh, yeah, footage. The, yeah. Christ, that was weird. Anyway, so we've very, very briefly gone over the key plot points of the story. It is unintelligible nonsense, obviously, but which is why we're fixing it, folks. Yeah. Yeah. The first one is genuinely quite straightforward to follow. I want to talk about why the second isn't, if I'm honest. Um, it comes down to one thing, and we keep forgetting this because it's, um, it's, it's a bit of history that we sort of always sort of go, oh, fuck yeah, that happened. The writer's strike. This film didn't really have a script. <laughs> it had a literal synopsis. It, it had a, 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 a collection of ideas. And then it's like, okay, this is what we got. But like Screenwriters Guild, everyone is striking. So good luck. So what you end up with is a bunch of films around this time uh, of, of um, <clears throat> Revenge of the Fallen, where the writers aren't writing the scripts. TV series suddenly go down from 20 episodes to six or something mm. like that, and like a mini series. And they're already like, this is fucking terrible. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because all the writers are gone. Yeah. Um, Big uptick in reality TV. That's exactly what happens, exactly. And films go like, oh, we'll just pad this up with more action sequences. And things don't make sense. You can see the outlines of what is going to be there. Like the idea that Sam has problems with commitment. The idea that, um, you know, the idea of the Autobots working with the military to hunt down Decepticons. That kind of makes sense. Um, the idea that there's an, a, a, a race of elder mm. uh, Transformer generals or gods, or engineers even, that are, you know, construct this thing. It's, it jeopardizes life. on All this could work. But all you end up with is actually is exposition dumps. So rather than intelligently trying to explain how Megatron is at the one piece at the bottom of the ocean hasn't been crushed and why they have bits of the all spark and both Sam's coat and, you know, kept in a lab somewhere, they just have one general telling you everything. Yeah. That's literally it for like just here's like previously on. And it's 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 very much what the problem of the prequels was, where it just tells you something more interesting than what you're seeing right now. I was like, oh, okay. And it's just an excuse to get to another action scene. And this film has a lot of really, really fucking stupid shit that doesn't make any sense. Agreed. Like you said about the the primes hugging each other to death and protecting the Matrix <laughs> and that whole thing. It's like, right, but why? And how? And then they just like, no, it's in the, it's in the pyramid, mate. Mm. Mm. What do you mean it's in the pyramid? <laughs> why wasn't it on Cybertron or wherever the fuck else? Like, what is... Transformers just been hanging out on Earth for like thousands of years and just nothing happened. And they just, they just killed themselves in a pyramid for no fucking reason. 
Um, it's really frustrating because the, the films from one to five, because Bumblebee doesn't count. Bumblebee's great. It's a prequel reboot, basically. It's what we should have got right from the fucking start. Yeah. But basically, each version of the Transformers films rewrites its own canon every time with, no, this is when they first come to Earth. And I was like, what? No, this is when mm. we first come to Earth. And you literally and then, get like Arthurian descendants and exactly in the last night like, and then finally you end up with oh no earth is a transformer you're like oh fuck me yeah and it keeps it co- tries to act as if that adds them weight and like like oh this this is why transformers are important and it's like just fucking a stop spending so much time with the humans because nobody like obviously michael bay has this huge hard on for the military i think yeah. the only people that Michael Bay likes are himself and potentially US frontline soldiers. <laughs> I would also say women in their 20s. No, and he doesn't, I think he also no, he doesn't like them. them. He covets fight, them. He covets them. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Covet thy neighbor's ass. And, and oh, everyone God. else he thinks is a fucking idiot, including the yeah, audience. He yeah. don't like this is one of the frustrating I I uh, I I kind of, Ooh, Tim's getting on a. I you get that pre-rage um, like sigh. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I I went back and forth on Michael Bay. Uh, it was part of an audition. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, um, that's that. Ooh, ooh. Uh, no, I when I was young and I watched films like The Rock and Armageddon, and I was like, oh, these are great, great action films. Um, and then he started doing the Transformers films and yeah. I got a little bit more well-versed in cinema and I was like, yes. oh no, Michael Bay's trash. <laughs> and then I got a little bit older and I was like, you know what? It's, it's fashionable to write him off as trash. Mm. Perhaps, perhaps I'm, I'm not seeing what's actually there. Maybe, maybe he maybe is a bad boys too is a masterpiece. After yeah. All. Yeah. No, actually I think, you know, he did some good stuff and like, Oh, like pain and gain is actually kind of really like fun and dark. And then, and then I thought about it more, and now I just hate <laughs> Michael Bay. I think he's, I think he's absolute trash. I think he is hateful and spiteful, and he has that thing which turns me off a lot of fiction, which is that you can tell that he hates basically all the characters. He yep. like he does not like the characters in the films that he is directing. He mm-hmm. thinks they're stupid. He thinks they're suckers. And like I say, I think the only people he likes are himself. And I don't. I he de- he kind of deifies the U.S. military, but only the frontline mm. soldiers. Anyone, uh, maybe a general, if you're a general who's got experience in war, pesky but, politician. But yes, if you're a politician or God any forbid kind of the political government figure, get involved or anything yes, like that, the government is bad. Apart from the part that's the military, really, we should just have a dictatorship. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's a. I think he's a trash person and I don't like his movies. (laughs) Um, And these films are some of the most egregious of it because it's, there's so much military fetishization and it's not so much of the action in this film is the, the U S army fighting Decepticons. I don't want to watch that. It's not interesting. You like, know, so I left that out of my synopsis because it doesn't actually do anything. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. It they has they no fire a fucking railgun. It's like one of the few things that can hurt a fucking transformer. Doesn't do anything. 
Yeah. Optimus then just punches the cunt and it's like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Done. All the military stuff in these films is entirely superfluous to the plot, which is how you know that it's Michael Bay put it in. Because although I don't think the writers did a particularly good job on these films, so much of what is in these films comes from Michael Bay and doesn't come from the writer. There's a huge chunks of stuff where they're, they've interviewed the screenwriters. They've been like, no, we didn't put that in. That's, that's, that's a Michael Bay that he, that's a Michael. Um, and like the actual pits, even though, I mean, the, the fucking directions atrocious and the editing and the watching transformers fight is incredibly painful in these films, Mm. but it's more interesting than watching just military screaming jets mm-hmm. launch off of aircraft carriers and yeah he wanted to put a transforming aircraft carrier in the stuff. first film apparently yeah he was he was obsessed with trying to come up with a reason why a transformer would be an aircraft carrier and they were like <laughs> i don't know if you could do that mike i don't know if that's a thing and he was like no but military's great right and they're like i mean sure Ah, oh, fuck it. We'll just, just launch some jets from a normal one, shall we? Like, yeah. But it'll be revealed later that it might be a transformer because that's clever. <laughs> fuck off, Michael. And yeah, basically, what you said there, Tim, is why I hate Zack Snyder. Yeah. Just putting it. Just putting it out there. They are, I think they are he's incredibly a, comparable. He's a hateful, military-obsessed garbage director who hates most of the people he works with, and a lot mm. of people have terrible experience working with with him or for him. Mm-hmm. He hates the characters he's directing and writing because we all know how much Michael Michael Bay just hates all of these bloody characters. Mm. And Zack Snyder really, really hates like normal, nice superheroes, <laughs> apparently. It's like, Superman, let's make him dark and possibly yeah. killing kids and stuff. Yeah. And then make all the Transformers really dark and just... Optimus Prime is just going to murder a bunch of humans. Like, what do you mean, Optimus? He's <laughs> robot Jesus. You can't... <laughs> Superman is space Jesus and Optimus Prime is robot Jesus. You can't just have them murdering humans all over the place. Like, yeah, but he's with the military. They're in the, so he's the good guy. Like, yeah. Why are Transformers in the Middle East, you absolute psychopath? <laughs> this would be a declaration of war, you fucking yeah. nutter. They're weapons of mass destruction. You're just acting like this is perfectly fucking normal. At one point, I'm pretty sure in the fourth film, Kelsey Grammer plays the bad guy. He does. Optimus Prime just goes... And just shoots him to bits. And it's like, he does. oh, holy, that's that's yeah. murder, son. Yeah. yeah. And he fights off. Um, is it in? Yeah, it's in four. He like jumps out of the barn and shoots a bunch of fucking FBI dudes, and that's their cars right. all explode. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the oh, I think we found a transformer thing with Mark Wahlberg, and then he electrocutes him. And he's like, Romeo and Juliet Law. She's and only then, seventeen. Bang, 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 bang. And then, yeah, that's a whole thing. We'll get into the treatment of women in a moment. Fucking and hell. then he just like guns down a bunch of FBI agents. Like, they're not the bad guys. What are you doing? This is insane. I'm going to make a very bold. Don't you dare. Statement. Bit of a hot take. Michael Bay is the greatest director of this generation. <laughs> no, no, no. Bong no, no, Joon-ho, no. move the man, over. The man is basically his character from fucking uh, Mystery Men. Yeah. We take our brewskis? <laughs> that guy. Um, yeah. But but I I, I have a, a a a projective fantasy backstory. As as writers, you can't help but see a situation and think to yourself, maybe it's this. You know, when you're sitting like in a restaurant, and you see a, a couple across the way, think, oh, what's their story? And you start, you know, you mm. main conversation. Writers do that. It's like, what's their story? Well, he's clearly on the run. How, what, what are you talking about? Is that you think you're like Jason Bourne? So like he's he's uh, 
225 pounds as a handle himself. I was like, where, where are you coming up with this? No, he's not. He's the waiter. Anyway. There's, there's, a, there's a brilliant uh, scene in Wonder Boys, which I talked about in our novel ah, adaptation yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, where it's um, Michael Douglas and Robert Downey Jr.'s characters sitting in a bar and they just pick like one of the other patrons and are just yeah, like, yeah. Let's, let's invent a fictional history for this guy. Yeah. You can't, especially writers, you can't not just start producing content. It's like, you're making it much more entertaining than it actually is. Or you're like, oh, fuck, I was wrong. This guy's deep. <laughs> but my Bay backstory. <laughs> so Bay gets out of advertising, goes into doing films, does Bad Boys. Bad Boys, very successful film because it's popular and really hones in on Martin Lawrence being funny and Will Smith being utterly fucking charming. And it's very lush visuals, like very, almost like Tony Scott visuals in a way, mm. but better somehow. It's like, this is a really, this is a statement film, mm. but the critics don't like it. Then he comes out with The Rock, more prestige. Again, makes the money, does well, critics don't like it. Armageddon, exact same fucking thing. Then he makes Pearl Harbor. Ah, yes. I think this is his fucking rosebud moment because nobody liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The too world long. woke up to Michael Bay. Yeah, too bullshit, too serious. Critics hated it. Public didn't like it too much. It made money in weird places. It was 2001, so already it was a weird fucking time. Yeah. And he came back with Bad Boys 2, which people say is amazing. And people say to me like, oh, Bad Boys 2 is so good. I was like, Are you, I, Bad Boys 2 is fine at best. Have you not seen it in 15 years? Because that's why you think <laughs> yeah. it's good. It's Did not you watch a good it when movie. you were 14? Because yeah. Yeah. Then he does The Island, and he's still going to try for the, like, this is a very intellectual property, this is a clever film. And I don't mind The Island, I think it's again, fine. I think it's fine. Bad Boys is fine, and The Island is fine. Same sort of two or three yeah. out of five, but you know, it's a different varying grade of it. So, yeah. And then he lands Transformers. And at but this point, he's like, I know what works. I know what makes money. I don't care anymore about trying to win over critics. I'm just going to get that fucking bank. That's the only thing that matters to me. Money. So he makes Transformers. Fortune. Revenge of the Fallen. Piece of shit. Fortune. Mm. Dark of the Moon. Fortune. Then he sneaks off to do Pain and Gain so he can do like a, a bit of a, like, I want to do all the Transformers stuff and a bit of a break. Critics don't mind it. They're like, oh, this is actually, you know, untethered, unfettered, unfiltered. Um. Except for Mark Kermode, who says it's the worst film ever made. <laughs> That's true. I think his hatred of that film is legendary. Yeah. I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, um, I'm not keen. But there's some interesting I, stuff going on there, but it's, yeah. The, the reason that film kind of works is because you're never at any point meant to like any of the characters in it. Yeah. Whereas, so, so Bay's... I don't know if I agree. I think Michael Bay thinks you should like those people. Mm, I think I Michael Bay likes those people, and Michael uh, Bay is okay, a I'll, fucking this, idiot. This will come full circle what I'm about to say. So, yeah. he does Pain and Gain. It doesn't do as well with... but it, it does a thing. It doesn't do much. He goes back to Transformers and... Continues making billions. Fucking Age of Extinction is the highest grossing film of 2014. He is proving he is correct, unfortunately. And it's like, I will dance the marionette dance. I don't give a shit if it's any good. I'm making money. Therefore, I have, I have set a metrics of, of success and I am meeting and exceeding it. Then he does 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, which is, again, I'm like, oh, I've done it now, boys. I'm going to marry all my action stuff with all my story stuff back to the days of like rock and stuff. And it's going to be a message piece. It not good. It, the public doesn't care. Critics don't care. He then goes back to do a final Transformers film. Again, it makes so much money, but not nearly as much as the others had made. People have now gone, this is stale, I don't like it. And the formula doesn't work. And the critics hate it. 
He then does Six Underground. Now, obviously, it's a very hard thing to gauge because it's an online film that doesn't mean anything because it's Netflix. It's like, well, we don't have any the same kind of metric for money. But again, in terms of what we know from that film, critics didn't like it. It made no social impact. No, no one like, oh, oh, that's a Michael Bay film. That kind of thing. It was more important. That it was like, oh, the Bay, the uh, what was it? The Michael Bay formers, fucking uh, turtles, and it's like Bay turtles. Like he didn't. He just produced that. Yeah, a he lot of people refer it. to those things, and I was guilty of it on our episode saying, sure. that, oh yeah, it's the Michael Bay turtles recent mm. stuff. It's like, right, he didn't direct or write those films. He's a producer. Like, yeah, but it has the same vibe. It has mm. that- entirely. But this Megan Fox is in it. It's all this weird, <laughs> gross. Like, let's just objectify Megan Fox and treat her like absolute shit. And see, th- this is what's important and very interesting to me. Um, the Bay formula is very. I think Patrick H. Williams did a bit about this. It's very hard to replicate. Yeah, Patrick H. Williams and Lindsay Ellis both did. Yes, that's correct. Extensive yes. Michael Bay breakdowns. That's entirely correct. Yeah, uh, she did her film school via the Transformers. Yep. I remember correctly. Yeah, um, good videos by the way. You should check them out. Yeah, really, really great series yeah. and. So he, he is basically a fiscal success that wastes talent entirely <laughs> and property, um, which is technically fine. You can do that if it makes it. The studio's like, I don't care. It's making money. Who gives a fuck? But last night was so, the, sorry, the last night, Transformers 5, was so bad that it stopped all the planned Transformers sequelize, sequel stuff. And that's when they rebooted it with, with Bumblebee, um, which again, made nowhere near as much money. It's the, I think it's the lowest earning uh, of the, of the God, Transformers that's movies. so upsetting. Mm. But it's the best critical reaction and the public who like it really fucking like it. And that's mm. kind of what really matters. The key thing here is we just talked about, like Jack just nailed it there. The TMNT stuff is classic Bay. It's Bay all over. It's, mm. it's uh, Megan Fox being objectified. He's like, well, Megan Fox is in two of his movies. But the Transformers is the albatross around his neck because he was <laughs> riding that high for so long he was being that character, shall we say, for so long that he can't go back. He can't do something like Bad Boys or The Rock. Or I mean, he didn't do Bad Boys three for obvious reasons. Things mm. like that. he can't go back to things like the 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 nineties, interesting, energetic action things. He only has a franchise that he is trapped in that he's no longer part of that he basically hates. I would say that I don't even think he likes the military. I think he likes the military allow him to play with toys. Mm. and mm. liking them is the whole I have to do a performance now I have to play this game where I pretend to be your best friend and I love you but really I just want to blow stuff up because it's cool and I love action sequences I don't know story I don't know character stuff I know and literally I know women and black people it's like you really fucking don't mm. um, <laughs> I have my own version of them in my head it's like there we go that's better and that's where I think he's a really odd oddball because half of his career is interesting action films that are either fine from a certain perspective or some people's favorite movies of the 90s and early 2000s, or Transformers. And that's all he's got. Even if he has other films like Pain and Gain and 13 Hours, nobody cares. It's just Transformers. It was the fact that he did fucking five of them as well. Like, Precisely. If he'd done three and then stopped and then done a bunch of other stuff, you'd be like, oh yeah, mm. fine. But like, almost like the majority of his fucking filmography is Transformers at this point. It's terrifying. Yeah. I think his style, like the lack of writing and the lack of understanding of character, comes from his background of making commercials, because that's where he came from. Yep. He wasn't originally a filmmaker for feature films or short films or anything like that. He basically did really (laughs) high-budget, wacky, like, action-oriented, they-look-like-movies kind of commercials. It's like, okay, cool, great. Let's give him Transformers. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
film the product and the product is not the story or the characters yeah it's the, exactly the cars and, and the, the, there's record levels of product placement in the trans in the first transformers film i think there's 47 product placement something like that which was a record at the time and i think he continues to exceed that with each following film yeah the and he gets to, much like Zack snyder he gets to use a bunch of military stuff for free because he supports the military and they're basically mm. recruitment videos at this point like yeah yeah, yeah it's madness yeah I, I i don't know where he goes next because six underground i tried watching it me and it too was incomprehensible i got about 12 minutes in and i was like this is giving me a migraine same same um, mm-hmm. and i can't see him being given another big franchise like we live no. in an age where the properties are more important than than movie stars and he is such a he's so 90s in that regard Mm-hmm. I remember when the first Transformers film was being made and it was produced by Steven Spielberg and there was this whole stuff about Spielberg kind of saying like, oh, I think um, I think Shia LaBeouf is going to be the next Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. Uh, and stuff like oh, that. And it was like, oh, yeah, you know, he's got Michael Bay to come along. Michael Bay, who works with fucking Will Smith and Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery and all these people. And it's like Bruce Willis. And he's going to come along and he's he's handing the crown of like the next big, you know, oh, blockbuster yeah. action hero to, to Shia LaBeouf. And it's like, no, because like two years later, fucking Iron Man and the Dark Knight come out and it shifts how we think of blockbuster movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like we've seen, he doesn't like he does not give a fuck about Transformers. He could not care less. And so I don't think anyone with the with the culture we now have, not that I'm saying that all filmmakers you know uh, are definitely like have to be fanboys of the of the film that they're making but it can help the, if you are at least invested yeah but and and also the companies that own these in intellectual like disney is not going to let you they're not going to give michael bay a star wars film because he'd come oh along and he God. wouldn't give a fuck about the canon and then they and that is the thing that they are dedicated to preserving because they're like no this is the intellectual property is what gives it its worth. Sorry to, this is talking about like creative things as very business thing, but that's that's how Hollywood that's thinks, and that's how, how the machine know, Michael Hollywood. Bay yeah. thinks. Like he, Disney is so focused on like character integrity, like that's a real watchword with them. Of like characters aren't allowed to act out of character. Like they used to have bits at Disney World where you'd get like Darth Vader doing like a dance yes, as part of a yes. celebration. And then they were like, no, we can't do that. If if you if Darth Vader's in the park, he's going to act like Darth Vader, you know. And if you go up and ask him for a photo, he's going to be like mean about it because he's fucking Darth Vader. And the, and, and the people that. who are in the suits are called cast members, not yeah. <laughs> people in the fucking suits um, <laughs> and and stuff like that. And it's you know it's part of the reason why the uh, the Lord and Miller solo got sunk because they were like, yeah, no, yeah. we can't we can't poke fun at ourselves because our value comes from these stories. So no company that is thinking like that which is the predominant mode of thought now because it's not it's it's actually it's characters and franchises that sell movie tickets Mm. now rather than film actors for example nobody who thinks like that is gonna give fucking michael bay another chance and go like (laughs) yeah you pissed it all up but like obviously he made a bunch of money with transformers but he fucking salted the ground that he walked on Mm. you know and and you know, yeah. I mean, just imagine what a fucking like a Michael Bay MCU film would be I like. I can't. I genuinely can't because he's the thing is with Paramount and Transformers, he was given so much autonomy that he basically went off the rails. So, for example, okay, with 
the Transformers movies, if you exclude Bumblebee because it had a very small fiscal impact of like 400 million or whatever it was. <laughs> just the, a tiny the, 400 million. Just a tiny 400 million. The five major Transformers films in the series made collectively $4.2 billion. That's ridiculous. That's how, that's how much Disney paid for Lucasfilm. That, yeah, yeah that, that's crazy <laughs> fucking numbers. That is the same thing the Jurassic Park films did um, over a period of time, um, which is equally crazy. And of the highest grossing film franchises of all time, uh, I think both Jurassic Park and, and, and Transformers are on the same sort of level, like 10, 11 or whatever it is, that sort of area, mm. with the same amount of movies. As in, the, you know, the, 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 the lowest uh, film count, the highest reward from, from, yeah. from uh, box office. M- money gets like, yeah. Yes, precisely. The ratio. Yeah, the exactly. MCU is like, it's the highest grossing franchise of all time. It's like, well, yeah, there's 25 films. That's, yeah, that's exactly. cheating. Like, Basically overtaken yeah. Bond at this point. Yeah, like. exactly. Yeah. And that's where the Transformers is quite interesting because, again, the, why would the studio want to change anything? Because the first one was a gamble. We'll see how it goes. We'll give them a very hefty budget of 150 million, which at the time, you know, 2007, that's it's a very strong budget. Mm. I think the Pirates of the Caribbean films were doing a similar sort of thing for their budgets and it made like 700 million. It's crazy money. It's like, you can have whatever you want. And then there's the writer's strike. Oh no, it's terrible. Oh, don't worry. It made more money than the last one. Fuck it. It doesn't matter anymore. Then they did a third one and it crossed. I think, I think it's the highest grossing of those films. It's $1.1 billion off the back of, I think, less money in the budget than Revenge of the Fallen. And I would say a, a better movie. Not a good movie, but a better movie than Revenge of the Fallen. And that's just crazy. So again, it's like, go, 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 more Transformers. And he's like, oh, I'm going to take a break for a while. It's like, no, you're not. More fucking Transformers now, now, now. And he, I think fatigue sets in and he doesn't care anymore. So things like that you can ex- explain, like which we will discuss, the problems of Revenge of the Fallen itself. Because I know we focus very heavily on Michael Bay, but these are very much extension of him, Yeah, uh, it seems. And he's very much, as I said, the Albatross thing, these are around his neck forever. Yeah, his fingerprint is so heavy on these films. Like, Entirely. It, that's the thing. It's... Yeah. So he, he goes into Age of Extinction and Last Night, and all the problems of Revenge of the Fallen are magnified and heightened in those movies. And you think, oh, well, but there was no revenge. Wait, there was no, there was no writer's strike. It's like, doesn't matter anymore. He doesn't care. Mm. And that's the, nothing more frustrating than somebody who is just churning it out and going, I'll just do this. I'll just just write action in the script and I'll figure it out. Or mm. I've written already these action pe- beats, make them, you know, work together. Mm. And with regards to four and five, well, with uh, Mark Wahlberg as the main character, no longer Shia LaBeouf, uh, from Boston, Texas. I know there's no Boston, Texas, but he's from Boston, it sounds like, and he's in Texas. Um, and he's the only thing that carries over from four to five really that the daughter character and that stuff get rid of that don't need that shit the transformers even at the start they're not they're like that in a scrapyard and five it's there's a lot of weird shit there's a lot the the cohesion and the connective tissue isn't there which in two makes sense because they didn't have any fucking writers on board you don't just like go oh fuck just fill it with action we'll we'll just do action and then we'll have a whole scene where people stand around and just tell you what's happening and then do that basically and then we'll have a scene where they drive up and say, oh, it's important that you create a distraction. And then we'll run over there ourselves. Well, why don't you just drive there? And then you see the next scene. Yeah. There's no distraction. They're just running. And then Bumblebee's with them. It's like, I thought you were causing a fucking distraction. Why don't we just drive to him then? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, because we wouldn't have the action scene. Because there's no logic. Because no one's saying, hang on, hang on. Have we actually thought this through properly? Writing-wise. I'm not going to say, you know, that the power of a director's presence 
can have a lot of sway on something, but you still need a writer to know what the fuck they're talking about and why the dialogue is so atrocious. So all this stuff, all these flaws, all these problems are still present in four and five and somehow worse because in five especially, everything is played for laughs and nothing is funny. And it's just, it's so lazy mm. um, in everything it's done, the product placement stuff, the aggression, the sort of, awful fucking toxic everything the idea of pushing the marketing that's oh the fifth one's about this young female character um she's gonna be the lead as it were it's like is she nah she's done after the first half and i we're done with her i'm gonna go back to you know kate yeager saying oh transformer yeah i'm an inventor i invent things he doesn't invent shit you know Vince, like, kate kate famous kate yeager kate yeager famous inventor name <laughs> uh, who would you pick to play an inventor i mean somebody who kind of gives that kind of Let's pick Mark fucking Wahlberg, shall we? I, I will always say Wahlberg. It's the, it always depends Don't which Wahlberg's going to no, say which Wahlberg's going to turn up on the day. Mm. One who's going to probably get an Oscar nomination or Max Payne. And you're like, oh, hello. The last um, decade, it's been Max bloody Payne. It, it's been a lot of pain, and it's very much going with the laziest and easiest route, the one of least resistance, path of least resistance, with things like at the end of the first Transformers film. I wish to stay with the boy. Oh, Bumblebee, I love hearing your voice, my old friend. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Second film. Oh, his voice is broken again. Because that's what his kids like about him. It's like, right. He does the funny things with the radio, Matthew. It's funny. Our radio's he, just constantly he picking He does inappro- inappropriate things and plays things that would never be on the radio. Like clips from TV shows that were never on the fucking radio. It's a conceit in films that when you turn on a television, it happens to give you the exact moment of a news report. <laughs> there it is, bang. The, it's a Shaun of the Dead thing does. where they cut from yeah, one precisely, yeah. clip to another. It's like, you must destroy the head and blah, 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 and, and destroy fine. their brain. If Bumblebee just had access to the internet and was just downloading clips all the time, or they said that, but he's like, he's like, it's a radio. It's like, is Tom Hanks on the it's radio? Not a fucking radio, though, is it? <laughs> it's fucking nonsense. So, yeah. The, the films are ridiculous and faulty and get progressively worse. I do think there's a blip with Dark of the Moon where there's moments that are actually quite good. I think the Battle of Chicago can be quite entertaining at times. But I, as you guys have said, all the Bayisms, all the things there, the inherent racism, the over-sexuality uh, and sexualization of, at times, minors. Um, <laughs> yeah, like uh, 17-year-olds and stuff, to the point where... As Matt touched on earlier, they go yeah. through the whole Romeo and Juliet thing. In to the certain point states, where like it's not everywhere. The certain state and the, the boyfriend has literally carries a card with him. A laminated fucking card. A laminated. He knows jizz, he's going to get pulled over jizz, by the police. Jizz proof card that says, <laughs> I can totally have sex with kids because this card says and so. This is, this is the thing. It's, it's, it's like, it's not illegal to date someone of a certain age. If you're like a 19 year old dating a 17 year old, it's like, who gives a f- it's too it's it's but it's like hang on hang on are you having sex with this person and also in britain that's also not a problem as well because that's still legal so we're not getting to that one but obviously not in america not in certain states blah 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 but the film feels it's so important to tell you this they could just not it's not important you, she doesn't have to be 17 doesn't have to be 17 yeah. they could both be 19 it doesn't fucking matter. It means Instead, adds nothing. We get 25 minutes of that fucking movie about him talking about, I can totally have sex with kids. It's fine. I have a card that proves I can have sex with kids. He's like, maybe you should be in prison by the fact that you <laughs> thought ahead to print a card. If you know people are going to be asking you about this, that's a red fucking flag, motherfucker. Yeah, maybe you yeah. shouldn't be doing it. I better show that to her dad. Seriously, like, he must have done. 
Yeah. So he, that, he whips out fun. every fucking opportunity. It feels like he's learned something. I go, that's interesting. I'll put it in one of my movies. Front and center. <laughs> and the last night is atrocious. Did you know the legal lesson. age is hard? How interesting. Yeah. It's, it's Ma- like Michael, somebody saying... Michael, are you going to put that in the movie? I just happened to Maybe. be Googling ages of consent in various <laughs> states. <laughs> oh, oh, God. God. <laughs> so What a coincidence. It's now in my movie. <laughs> yeah. And Revenge of the Fallen has all these similar weird tropes. And so like, the fetishization of the military, the, the sexualization stuff, the awful uh, inherent racism, the disdain for anyone who isn't cool, but no one is afforded coolness. Maybe, maybe some GIs, maybe some rangers, some mm. couple of guys in the field, some military boys. They're kind of cool, but they also have, you know, the the other classic one, another classic um, uh, Bayism, the homophobia, the the mm. idea that you know they're so broy, but they're also quite racist about uh, the Spanish language and also homosexuality. Like, oh, how many pockets do you have? Left cheek, left cheek. It's like okay. How could again? He's on the phone to a fucking hey, look, call center in India. Chichiro it's so his pants. Oh, yep. great. and a lot of anti-Semitism stuff. It's just, it's just oh. nasty. Every everyone is so angry and hateful and mm. horny mm. at mm. each other mm. and constantly horny. Um, but not the parents, the fucking Mr. Oh. and Mrs. Witwicky oh, are just ready to bang at a moment's notice. Don't we see two dogs having sex twice? In this Absolutely. Movie? Absolutely, we do. We yeah. have to see Transformers humping Megan Fox multiple oh, times. Yeah, yeah. The mum and the dad. The mum gets high on a weed brownie because that's funny. And then she wanders off and is like, ooh, college kids, better suck some dick like I was back in college. <laughs> <laughs> Wait Just a minute, what? people. <laughs> Seriously, she yeah. goes like it's dick crazy out of nowhere. You're like, that's not how marijuana in, works, you It's maniacs. amazing how in one part of the movie she's like, I do anything for an A, professor. All the way to the end of the movie, it's like, you know, where, where um, Kevin does like, you're my son! Yeah. You're my son, we go together! And she's like, let him go, it's okay, let him run. It's like, oh yeah, this is the same film. And you can't have the character do both of those things. It feels like it's so much of and an ask. His college is just made up of supermodels who for some reason want to have sex with Shia LaBeouf and Rain Wilson. And here we go. Here's the thing. This film breaks all the rules of the first film. And yeah. we hate that shit. That, here that's our golden rule. Is retconning shit from the first film or just ignoring continuity yeah. and character growth from the first Nobody ne- asked you to set rules. Retcon. You can do an elegant retcon. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. It yes. is Entirely. possible. But, but to do it needlessly and clumsily and for no fucking reason. Like you haven't seen your own movie. Did we, did we fix his voice in the last one? Nah, it's fine. People like the radio stuff. Bumblebee's fine. Like, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he had a big like, oh my God, you can talk kind of moment. Nah, it'd be, nah, be fine. It'd be fine. Voice Imagine didn't if Darth well. Vader was just like, <laughs> Back to being David Prowse, the guy who was in the fucking suit. <laughs> You're a spy for the Rebel Alliance. You're like, weren't you James Earl Jones last time? Like, nah. <laughs> Imagine if in uh, Last Jedi they make a whole point about how um, Kylo breaks his mask, only for the mask to be put back on his face. <laughs> ah, that sounds ridiculous, man. <laughs> but this thing, it breaks that the key, real. The key one that fucks me off is in, in the film, I said, well, why can't we have... Megatron be his own gun. They said no, because that's that's from the, the you know the the, the the original line of stuff. Megatron turns into a gun, and someone else shoots him. It's a thing, and then Galvatron turns into a cannon. It makes a bit more sense. And <laughs> you also have a Soundwave with his little you know cassette tapes, but he turns into a actual cassette player basically. Mm. And they said no because there is issues of mass, and the issues of mass is that it cannot go from a large thing 
to a small thing. And you actually think, well, that's fair cool, enough. That's, yeah, okay. That's a Physics, good rule. I can get behind that. I'm that okay makes sense. with that. Yeah, yeah. The metal can't just fold into itself, you know, compound into nothing. Fair enough. Cool. So if it's a small transformer, it's a small car. I get you. I get it. Well done. Next movie. <laughs> um, all that goes out the fucking window. And what's more, if, and I can't, I can't stress this enough, it never comes back. When Sam is in college and misses his, his, his Zoom or his Skype call with Michaela, who's uh, Megan fucking his, Fox. His uh, Cisco brand. Cisco! Yes, it is Cisco. Yep, fucking is. hell. His Cisco call with Megan Fox. Now, regardless of what you think of Megan Fox, I actually think Megan Fox is a very underrated actor. I, I did a hateful thing, obviously, with, in the past. People thought, oh, she's a fucking useless thing. She's actually very on it. She's terrible in these movies, for the record. That's because these movies that's are terrible. That's, yeah, they give her nothing to... Oh, I, I know. I yeah, actually I know. think she's one of the better actors in these films. There are moments I wouldn't, I wouldn't like... I disagree. I thought it's a um, low bar, but I it's, it's hard it, to it disagree is with. because she's got nothing to fucking work yeah. with. Yeah. It's but, like John Turturro. He's, he's like, he's doing... He's just going for it, but fuck me. And everyone who's cast these movies is given so little to... And like, I, I'm, I'm Anthony Hopkins. I'm fucking Francis McDormand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frances right. McDormand is in these movies. Yeah. One of so. the best actors of her generation. <laughs> like, Oscar winning. Yeah. Incredible performances back to back to back for the last, like, 30 years. How? How is she in these films? Sometimes you just need a paycheck. In Maybe order to, you need In a, order to be able to yacht. keep making Nomadland and stuff like that, sometimes you, you make, need to... Yeah, yeah. save your soul. So, at one point, Sam is in college. And all these hot, nubile teens are all over him because of his Ooh. amazing jitteriness. His <laughs> <laughs> fucking over-caffeinated agitation. Yes, him <laughs> writing shit out and talking. And again, to be fair, because obviously Shia LaBeouf has had a fucking rough, weird life and things like that, and I don't want to shit on him too much, even though he can be a bit of a fucking weirdo, and a cannibal, um, <laughs> is the fact that... Shia um, LaBeouf. Is the fact that... Um, his acting is very much ramped up. It's what's asked of him by the director. It's what is expected, as it were. And delivering these fast, ridiculous performances and all that shit, it's nonsense, but he's performing. He's not phoning it in. He is there. I will give him credit for that. Anyway, so he's there in college, and this girl is basically just trying to get as pregnant from him as fast as possible. She is straddling him every five seconds like, oh, I've got, I've got another hot girlfriend who I can't tell that I love because I'm insecure. Even though in the first film I was so desperate to get her attention yeah. and she was the hottest girl in school and she showed the slightest of interest in me because I have a cool car. But now she just likes me, so I ain't got time for that. And it's like, right. And she's worried she's got inferiority complex because he's gone to college and she's going to be left behind. And again, these could be worked out as good premises for a story in theory if you were clever about it. Because an immature boy doesn't know what he's got with a girl who he feels inferior because of intelligence stuff. It's like, she's smart in her own, right? Anyway, not the point. I'm, I'm waiting for you to talk about this tongue, Matt. We need to, we need Thank to you. The tongue is what I'm working my way to the tongue. <laughs> I, I knew you were. Yeah, I've got to get there. And Jesus, the R shots in this movie. So anyway... <laughs> We get to the point where Michaela decides to surprise Sam with a visit. I didn't mention this in my synopsis, and you want to know why? Don't matter. Doesn't fucking um, matter. <laughs> and she walks in as this girl is kiss. Well, no, hang on. To be fair, his head isn't like smushed into the pillow. He's raised off the pillow, so he is kissing her. And then, you know, it's like, oh no, infidelity. Um, it's like, no, you, you cheated on me, fuck you, I hate you, and stuff like that. And that's fair, nothing wrong with that at all. No, I should clarify that. Understandable reaction. The scene takes place, exactly, yes. Yeah. Then she comes back to the room, 
for reasons. And it's evident that the girl who's been macking on uh, Shia LaBeouf is a Transformer. He's a Transformer. 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 Now, I have a lot of problems with this. I can't think of any, Matt. Other than her species have... long-ass tongue coming out of her, I think, her anus at one point. Sure, we, we see like a skirt riding up because the tongue. No, she, comes... has, she, she has a tail. Oh, a tail and also a tongue. To, but, uh, but also a tongue that comes out on like a whip-like extension that is it... all Transformer except for the except for the human tongue, tongue at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's the is... bit that scared me and tried... <laughs> scarred it me for life. basically a giga fantasy. And... They obviously have a big fight. Oh, I didn't know she was there. Can we have this argue back and forth? Yada, yada, yada. If your Transformers can transform into perfectly disguised humans, what is the point of hiding as giant machines? You achieve nothing. Transformers, humans in disguise. (laughs) Yeah, that that enters a whole world of stuff. You've won. And what's more on top of that, there are never any Transformers. Well, RC has like a... There are three motorbikes in name only, and they have digital hologram people on them. Mm. That's a thing. And they're uh, never come RC, back Chromia, and Alita One, I believe, are the cool. three. Yep. <laughs> Said no fan ever. Yeah, exactly. So, no, that's not RC. Um, but it, yeah, it's bullshit. And it's, it, if you're going to have these rules and you break them, it's fucking confusing. But also the idea that the Michaela going, oh, it's okay. It was a, it was a Decepticon. That whole breaking of the of the relationship contract between those two is never brought up again really it's not a thing anymore because we've now moved on to the next scene there's no cohesion there's no connective tissue it's like this was a thing so michael baker filmed at this girl's skirt and then we did a huge scene of ching check through but this you know spinning fucking swiss army knife who then got killed very conveniently and very quickly by these humans and what do you want and it's the classic terminator argument i always have if something if a machine has whipped you around the neck with a metal <laughs> Pipe, like your fucking the shower pipe that you have that goes from the head of your shower to the, you know the actual mm. shower base. You're dead, son. You're dead. <laughs> yeah, like I said, no. Shia LaBeouf should be dead multiple times over. Sam Witwicky yes. would die in the first like ten minutes of this movie, and then die every ten minutes thereafter entirely. And then you drive from one scene to another, and you're suddenly in the woods, and it's like, where the fuck are we? So I I wanna I've got t- two points to pick up from that because please do. Um, th- what Transformers can and can't do, and the specialized things that some of them seem to be able to do is so inconsistent and so like, well, if one of them can do that, why can't any of them? So they, yeah, in this film can disguise themselves as human, can break themselves down into mini component parts, basically like nano machine kind of things almost so that they can circumvent security. Uh, Teleport for no fucking reason. (laughs) Um, An older model can teleport. Yes. Yeah, so many things where you're just like, well, how come all of them aren't doing that? And no effort to be like, no, not even a line of just like, no, this is this is why this is. Um, do you know? Do you know how it'd be easy to say this? We're not all fucking Olympic swimmers. Yeah. We're not all rock climbers. We can't all physically do the same stuff. We all have our own skills, yeah. abilities, but we could probably train to do other things. You just do something that's an analogy, just a very simple, mm. real world thing to explain why this robot does this and this robot does this. And, and equally. There's nothing. There's no effort made to distinguish between the Transformers themselves, like the main crew. These all these side, usually Decepticons, who aren't actually the ones who are given any kind of personality. Like they're not Starscream. They're not Megatron. They're just like 
I mean, obviously they do have names in the law, but they're not named in the films. Yeah. Get all these interesting abilities. And then the main ones are just, well, he's just a big robot, isn't he? And like, like we said earlier, like the, the whole thing of like, oh, well, only a prime can kill the fallen. Well, what makes the prime special? Uh, don't know. And, and at the end, how does he kill the fallen? Well, he just, he just smacks him around a bit. Punches <laughs> him in the face. And yeah. gives him a really dark, he goes like, um, if you are the, you fall, I rise. And it sounds really sinister. It sounds like a villain thing yeah. that they would well, he say. He does the whole, um, one shall fall, one yeah. shall stand, or whatever That's, that's that. from the fucking, like, 86 film as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, well, you fall, so f- fuck you, I guess. Yeah. Fall to your knees and suck my robot dick, bitch. It's like, Jesus Christ, Prime. Yeah, there's no there's no effort made to be like, oh yeah, well this is this is jazz and he's really good at this and this is Iron. This is jazz and he's, and he's a racist stereotype. Yeah, and he'll get killed by the end of it. Yeah, because Bay has decided even the black robot has to die. Yeah, these are skid and mud flaps and they're horrific oh, racial stereotypes. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's what they do. Um, <laughs> the other thing I want to touch on, uh, as you mentioned at the end of the the battle. I can't even fucking remember where it happens, but where there's doesn't matter. Uh, they don't care. <laughs> something's something's happening in the city, um, yeah, right, yeah. and very within t- what feels like about thirty seconds of driving, they're suddenly out in the middle of the forest. I believe that's when they're chasing uh, Sam down for the something the the Transformers yeah. code law language it's, it's, shit. It's, it's, I know it's Megatron and Starscream and they're fighting yes. Optimus Prime. It's where Optimus Prime dies. Yes. yes, and yes, there, exactly. are, yes, yes. there are moments of that and I actually like that it takes place in a forest because there's moments where it's coherent because the Transformers are different colour to the background. They're the same colour as yes, each other they stand out. and they still look garbage in that and you can't tell fucking Megatron from Starscream from the other dis- grey Decepticon that's in the <laughs> fight but you can at least tell them apart from the city block of, you know, like every time they fight in a city, it's like, okay, right. It's a gray transformer standing in front of a gray building that has a lot of wreckage (laughs) in the background (laughs) that looks like a fucking transformer. But the geographical inconsistency in these films, I had to stop it and and do some Googling at a certain point. Um, And there's a great entry actually on the Transformers fan wiki. Um, I love that wiki. I spent a lot of time on that in my research. Of stuff like... Um, so there's a point where they're at Simmons Deli because he runs. He used to work for the government. Now he runs a deli. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and they, his mum or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they they're having to find these old transformers um, who might have a hint of how to speak the transformer language or something. Yes. And that's the get, language of the primes. All that bullshit. They get a map and they they project these dots on it. These are where these are where the seekers. These old Transformer scouts are hidden across America. And they go, there, Washington, that's the closest one. And they go and it's the Smithsonian. Except if you look at the dots on the thing, A, there's not a dot over Washington. And B, they're in New York and there's two dots closer. Yep. (laughs) That's not the worst one. The worst one is, as we said, this film ends up in Egypt. Yeah. And there's a whole thing of like, oh, the, the point of the knife or whatever. It's where Egypt meets Jordan. Egypt doesn't fucking meet Jordan. There's a country in between them. There's Israel there. That feels like an uncomfortable statement. Yeah. They also, within the space of about 30 seconds, transport themselves from the pyramids of Giza to the Temple of Luxor. That's 300 miles away. Yeah, um, it's, it's Egypt. It's all next to each other. And there's a whole, like, they have this bit where the, the US military is finally showing up to save the day. And they get like, you get like, 
soldiers deploying from hovercraft. The Red Sea's 70 miles away from the pyramids. <laughs> when they use the railgun, a railgun which is a line of sight weapon, like you have to be able yeah. to see it, which is makes it fucking pointless why there's John Turturro going, I'm under his balls. That's what he, like, <laughs> here's, the, here's the coordinates for you to shoot him. It's like, well, if you can't fucking see him with a railgun, then you can't shoot him anyway. But yeah. then it also shows you a point of view shot from the railgun where it's got waves and then the pyramids, like yep. they're right next to the fucking sea. <laughs> yeah, there's the Nile there, and then there's the sea, right? That's how that works. There's no respect for either real reality or fictional reality or consistency <laughs> in either of them. I don't know how old I was, but it was single digits. It was in primary school. And we were assigned the task of writing a short story. And I did a thing about a magic carpet ride because I was reading about the 2001 uh, Arabian Nights kind of thing. And I basically started just listing places that I was aware of. Uh, so I say, oh, we got on a, you know, the classic sort of child, very child mm. mind. So we got on a carpet and it was very cold. So I had a blanket and it was okay. And we flew on the magic carpet and we were in New York. And then we were in the Philippines. And then we were in Russia. I was like, what, do you have any idea? You have a globe at home, right? And it's like, yes, but I know the word Philippines. I thought I'd get extra credit for the word Philippines. Um, I have no idea where it is, but I'm I think sure Michael Bay is just somewhere. fishing for extra credit at this point. I genuinely thought the Philippines was near Russia because of the P and R looking close together. Huh? Just yeah, seemed yes. the world is alphabetical. Yeah. So from um, left to right, alphabetical countries. Yeah. But like. That's the logic of this movie. It's just like, ah, uh, there? It's like, are you yeah. going to check or research? I don't need to, because I think it's right. And the thing is, the and this is the worst part of the Michael Bay stuff. The hateful motherfucker, they can be. He knows the audience don't care. Mm. We nitpick, we care, but he knows that the people going to give him the money mm. don't give a shit and yeah. never will. That's why you see like New York City in one scene and sometimes it'll say New York City in the bottom, sometimes it won't. It was just like, you can recognize this, right? They'll go from the woods where they kill Optimus Prime and then suddenly they, they all just separate because they've killed Prime now. And then on the top of a building, Megatron beats the shit out of and chastises Starsky. He's like, you let Sam get away again. It's like, no, you were you were there. You you just all <laughs> ran off. I don't. What are you talking? It was two minutes. Ago. Did you fly here <laughs> all the way from wherever the fuck the university is to here? Like maybe like arguably like maybe like a forty five minute hour flight to this place to stand on a building and someone to kick a fucking flag off of the you know Brooklyn Bridge <laughs> or whatever and say yeah that's annoying. He got away. It's like how did he get away when you were winning? And this is the, the and I know I'm flustering back and forth here, but. It's not even the sense of the story and the locations flipped about so much. At least they seem to get the whole daytime work <laughs> sort of thing. Like, oh, we've gone from Australia to America. And it's both daytime. Nope, that's not a thing that can happen. That's not how the sun works. Um, well, it depends on how long it takes you to get there, but they do it in five minutes. Teleporting. Seems, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I saw this movie in the cinema in IMAX and fuck me, it was a headache. Because this was before 3D came back with a fucking... I mean, well, it was the year of 3D coming back with a vengeance thanks to Avatar. But this wasn't in 3D, if I remember correctly. And Michael most... Bay refused to put it in 3D because it was too gimmicky, apparently, is what he said. <laughs> the integrity of Bay. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But he used various... The original director's vision and integrity. <laughs> this is going to get in the criteria on like two of my other films. Because he has one to the Criterion Collection. So in the world. cinema... We talked about this in the, in the Zack Snyder episode of the, of the Justice League thing about aspect ratios and how much they actually mean things and they're important stuff. These films, and it starts with The Revenge of the Fallen and gets worse progressively as it goes to the other ones, 
it will go from three different aspect ratios in one scene. Like, it's like squinting, then blinking, then opening, <laughs> then closing your eyes slightly while watching a dog run across the lawn. And you are also <laughs> running across the lawn at the same height as the dog. And you're like, and spinning. Uh, Both and of spinning. you are spinning. Yeah. It's essentially what I imagine having a seizure <laughs> looks like from inside it. And you're like, this is fucking an assault. The problem is most people don't realize because they're looking in a strange way, Mad Max Fury Road style, they're looking in the middle of the screen. Mm. They almost make a, a, a subconscious calculation to just check out of the movie and go, I don't know what's happening, but I know a lot of it is happening, so it must be quite cool. <laughs> you kind of have to because the action direction is bad and like consist <laughs> like consistency of movement of like track like tracking yes. where your eye is around the the, the the screen and like okay what am i supposed to be looking at in this moment what is the what is the central action going on in this shot and then does that connect to the next shot like and yeah. uh, and are all the characters you know is there is is it always that the protagonist on the left and the the antagonist oh, on yeah, the right yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that and they're moving in the same direction it's all utter garbage in these films there's so many shots where it's just like there's i can't tell what part of the screen you want me to be looking at because there's stuff going on in all different parts of it and no consistency in how you're framing it so i might as well just look at the middle and never mm. bother shifting my gaze from there because it actually it doesn't make any fucking difference yeah. you don't care what i'm looking at so why should so i, why sh why should <laughs> yeah. I? I? I would say there are some moments in all of them mm. there's some distinct moments in dark of the moon the third film but i would posit that for a man who is like always known for oh the best action sequences oh such great destruction and action sequences blah 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 and yes he does a lot of practical effects married with some really impressive visual effects the first i mean the transformers look like trash because there's you know they're fucking ridiculous it's yeah it's the design rather than the design's the cgi but they the, the, the artists working on it it's fucking good sometimes it's like mm. really it, if you like freeze frame it look through it's like wow that's impressive it looks good mm. and you like, see giant apart. cgi robots interacting with real exploding cars on our yeah. highway like, yeah how the fuck do they do that and turns out they just comp the robots in there mm. is no stand-ins it's just cars like on mm -hmm. magnets and on wires and stuff being crushed and exploded and then flipping off and stuff mm. yeah and then they just cgi robot over the top mm. like that's really believable. You really yeah. nailed the lighting. That's really believable. You believe that they're these heavy, mechanical metal creatures like running about and mm -hmm. stuff. It's the, the CGI work and the the effects and stuff are incredible. I I would say that is less down to the direction of the action and more down to the animators being mm. given things. I think that him oh, moving yeah, the camera around makes it worse. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I would say that for a man known for his his action and his his thrilling, exhilarating set pieces, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, he hasn't made any good action films since 2005's The Island, mm. which has people, therefore stakes. Yeah. And, you know, they, I mean, for example... It, the the big... lowest of stakes is, this film has humans in it. Yeah. Oh, therefore, someone might get hurt. But, I mean, you don't... It, it's not even that it's people, because he doesn't he doesn't care about the human characters either. No. Like, he doesn't... Destruction. He doesn't give a fuck about them. And... Like the action that happens to like Sam and Michaela and stuff like that is is not well put together. When they're in the most danger, they never feel that they're in any actual danger. Yeah, um, I, I'm always surprised when someone dies and these movies like, oh shit, okay. Um, but in in Peter Jackson's King Kong, there's lots of like, and Daryl will be long dead. There's a lot of ragdoll yeah. physics <laughs> of her being thrown around here. This is bullshit. 
you go along with it because you know giant monkey etc etc mm. maybe he like uses his hand and very slowly descends it's like no no no, no that shit he's whipping around to make sure not be bitten by these t-rex <laughs> things but it, there's very little that's soft about a transformer's metallic arm yeah that you are <laughs> and then like scenes in slow motion where they're oh i'm flying through the air it's mm. it's the it's how the fast and the furious films have got recently it's like mm. these people are unscathable their clothes are not going to rip um I mean, admittedly i will give you this the makeup is always good because it does look like they're in pain it looks like they're getting bits of like dirt and embers and soot <laughs> and blood and scrapes and it's like this is actually quite not grounded but definitely um visceral it's a very visceral experience and you can give credit to that sort of level of detail and immersion and shutting down an entire street and do these tiny cameras on the floor. And then you see the final product and think, yeah, there are times when this doesn't work. You get so much fatigue. Mm. And this is the other thing. I don't understand why Michael Bay, and it isn't Paramount doing this, I don't think. I think it's Bay. Why are these films so fucking long? <laughs> There's a lot to talk about, man. When nothing make fucking a, happens in Yeah, them. make them an hour and a half and put them in twice as many screens as showings as, as you can right now. Mm. But again, the truth, this is why we spent so long to make Michael Bay at the start of this uh, breakdown. All the problems of Bay are heightened and magnified in these movies. They get worse progressively, but Revenge of the Fallen is one of the worst because of the writer's strike specifically. So anything you can use in defense of the first Transformers film from 2007, saying like, well, this, this works here. It's not bad here. This one's quite funny. Yeah, I can make that work. That kind of stuff. It's funny when the Transformer pisses on John Turturro. Yeah, I don't really get that. Stop lubricating on the man. Oh, God, I hate it so much. And then it's like, oh, no, Bumblebee's been stolen. Nah, better just go to the Hoover Dam, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> it, 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 all that falls away in Revenge of the Fallen, and it is, it's just war to war nonsense. And that's why in, like, you know, negative reaction, Dark of the Moon comes out and there's no more, no more Megan Fox. And obviously there's like a whole, oh, well, she also had a horrible time making these films. Precisely. And people say like, oh, it's because, and again, it's the, it's the classic, we've said this before about the nature of difficult women and difficult people and things. The idea that people say she compared working with Bay to working with Hitler and that was upsetting Steven Spielberg so they fired her. And like, that sounds like a very tenuous excuse. And then later it was like saying how she was one of the, the first people around the Me Too movement sort of time saying, no, I was underage and I was being over-sexualized and like, you know, they were asking me to do this stuff and it wasn't funny. And all the interviews she was saying this, like, I think like J Jimmy Fallon or some shit or whatever it was. And they were just going, ha 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 ha. And she's like, no, seriously, yeah. I was. Yeah. Like, Didn't she? Kid. I'm pretty sure Michael Bay made her wash his car in a bikini. That's exactly what it was. He yes. certainly did. Yep. Yeah. And it's things like that. And, and then she is a terrible, uh, actually, sorry, a terrible um, reputation and people won't take her seriously. She was really good in Jennifer's body and stuff. And um, I, I, I slated her off in other things as reviews because it was almost fashionable because you don't know the ins and outs of the things that are happening mm. behind closed doors, etc. But she's okay as an actress. I think she's, mm. as Tim said earlier, she's trying in these movies mm. and her absence is very clearly felt because if you say Transformers, you think, oh yeah, Megan Fox. It's like she's in two of technically six Shia LaBeouf's in three of six and if you think about anything that happens in four or five you tend to convolute and cross over a lot of them I was talking to Tim earlier about it and I thought Stanley Tucci was in the fifth and he is in the fifth as Merlin but I was like oh no he's no no he's in the fourth Anthony Hopkins is in the fifth with his Cogman or whatever oh my god yep. and you start remembering bits and go oh god these are terrible terrible movies there are some great moments but anybody who sits there and, and guys, if you're women, whoever you are listening out there saying, I absolutely love these movies. I'm so sorry. 
because you have no fucking taste. Yeah, watch, um, <laughs> watch better films and and, yeah. and watch watch the Lindsay Ellis series, Film yes. School through uh, Transformers. It's really good. Uh, mm. Watch more films and start to understand why these films are tr- like. Watch well done. Go watch Mad Max Fury Road and see how like that is great frenetic action constructed well yes and the thing is well we're not saying you can't enjoy these movies oh no but you you just can't say they're good yeah (laughs) also i'm saying you can't enjoy these (laughs) i'm also saying you can't enjoy them yeah it's not there's great moments and i was like there's bad moments (laughs) but there's bad moments they're better than the worst moments there's there's tony todd i like tony todd He's wasted, but yeah. <laughs> utterly underutilized. But yeah, this week's episode is sponsored by Baxter Blue Glasses. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter Blue Glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we've all been glued to our devices more than ever. I've been working from home recently, so I will be sat in this chair staring at this laptop essentially all day and then podcast in the evening so i'm sat in this chair staring at this laptop all evening so i'll be using this laptop for like 12 14 hours a day 16 hours a day sometimes <laughs> basically from from dawn until dusk and yeah my eyes hurt I, i'm a glasses wearer myself and it gets tiring on your old eyeballs if you've been working from home if you podcast if you you're an online kind of person whether it's staring at your phone staring at monitors and laptops and all that kind of stuff watching michael bay movie what unfortunately maybe might be watching Michael Bay movies as well if you if you really want to talk to yourself. So recently our exposure to digital light has really quite dramatically increased and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result of that. I can definitely attest to that. I'm exhausted and staring at screens all the time. <laughs> Baxter Blue is also a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold as well. So you're not only helping out your own eyes, you're also going to help out someone else as well. This is Eyewear built for our digital age and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off a next purchase of blue light, sleep or even kids glasses by clicking the link in our show notes for an exclusive discount. This is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses and we know you'll love Baxter's and we know you will feel the difference and reduce that digital eye strain. So I'm on the tomatometer duty. <laughs> Have you got it fired up? Is it powered by Energon? Yeah. It's uh, it's it's been idling in the background for the interseason, and I had to, you know, pull the uh, pull the starter cable a couple of times, but it's now <laughs> chugging chugging nicely away. Did you say I've top, groovy? Topped it up, <laughs> topped it up with Energon and also uh, vinegar, which is what it runs on. If this is your first time joining us for a regular season content, we're going to do some caveat stuff here. First things first, we know that Rotten Tomatoes is not an uh, ag- aggregate score; it is a group of things and above average we know that above average is like a 50 or 60 percent if someone says it was all right that can be considered a fresh result we also <laughs> know that sometimes the website will link to the wrong movie um and you just get a score for a different movie entirely we experienced this on i think the omen episode which we did yeah r- ridiculous we also know that they are not actual gauges for things but they're very thing we a nice thing we get to explore and enjoy and it's an interesting metric just to a discussion of from a cr- overall critical spectrum so we know they're flawed it's also kind anyway. of funny it's, it's kind of it's funny stupid we also know they change regularly so it's correct at time recording we may mention this every now and again but as it's episode one of season eight just want to get out ahead of it now <laughs> so 
I have all six of the Transformers live action films oh, written oh, down oh. here. I don't think I'm going to make you guess all six. Thank God. That would just be cruel. Um, but I do have, I might go through the stats once we start yeah. uh, discussing. So we're going to start off with 2007's Transformers. Jack, what do you think? I think it's got to be somewhat positive, but not too positive. You know what I mean? You know what I, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. You, you know, know what I'm saying? I catch your flow. You know what I mean? I feel your drift. It catch your I... flow on the back of my head like a lubrication from an Autobot. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to throw a number out there. Let's say 71%. Okay. And I think that'll be the highest rated, maybe until Bumblebee, if we if we get there. I mean, I, I fuck that shit. Um, I think it's going to be like 55. <laughs> Bear in mind, Blade 2 is like a 50, which breaks yeah. my heart because I legit love that film. I, I I'm think, worried this is going to be high. No, I think, I think, as I said earlier, the idea about the critical response to these movies, I think... A generous fifty-five is what the the, the general critical mindset is. Like, oh, it's all just nonsense and whirling machines, and oh, it's trash. Oh, terrible, terrible. Mm. Whereas the people who are watching it, like, oh, this is the best thing I fucking watched. It's great. I think Jack has nailed the the like the audience score, but that definitely sounds to me like that might be. Perfect. You might be right there, man. Yeah. But I, I I will say though, I think you're right. I think it's the highest gross. Oh, sorry, highest rated until Bumblebee probably. Let's get to the one we're fixing: Revenge of the Fallen, Matt. Where do you think this drop-off is? so difficult. Got to be a classic sequelizer's drop-off. Which, by the way, listeners, is usually about like 50% less than the original. (laughs) You start at 70, you hit 20. If you start at 90, (laughs) you hit 40, that kind of stuff. It's got to be be more. I I don't know. I think if I'm going 55 for my first one, I don't think it dropped that far. Uh, I think it dropped very far, but not that far. Not not to 5% or whatever. Um, I'd be surprised if any of them were single digits. No, I think I think there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, yeah. there's a lot of worth in there, a lot of interesting stuff." Um, I, there's I'm no Mulan say, twos in here. Let's take it, let's take it to thirty percent drop. Let's let's take it down to twenty five percent, please. Okay, Jack, what do you think? I was thinking along similar sort of lines in the twenties somewhere. I'll go twenty seven, please. Keep with the okay. sevens. Let's jump ahead to the final bay. Oh, the fucking last hell! Night. Fuck me, Jack. Or rubbish, awful bollocks. Um, Michael Bay's final word. Like I said, I don't, Transformers franchise. I don't think it's single digits, but I think it's going to be the lowest. So I've got to go lower than twenty. So let's cut it in half. Uh, thirteen. Okay. Unlucky thirteen. Cause that film is shite. <laughs> Matt. Uh, yeah, this one. Uh, in terms of money, the audience was made. going. It made yeah. like half of what. The previous still one, loads of money, still tons of money, still tons of money, and still, still more, more money than, than the three of us will ever see in entire lifetimes combined. Entirely, entirely, that's yeah. how these things work. But a, a distinct departure. So I think, but the critics have already checked out. So I'm going to say ten percent. Okay, and finally, the redeeming of the Transformers franchise. Oh, yeah. Travis Knight is truly the last night because he <laughs> saved the day. So Matt Bumblebee, where do you think it is? Uh, 2018, but a year later. Okay, to to, to remind people about what Rotten Tomatoes is, if you've said, eh, that was all right, that's a fresh, that's a positive review. If you give it a 6 out of 10 or a 3 out of 5, that is considered a positive review. Yeah. And this is the percentage of critic reviews that were considered positive. So how many people rated this film as a 6 out of 10 or higher, essentially? People actively didn't say, yeah, that was bad and badly made. And I think it's not even about this film. It can't exist as an island 
in isolation. This exists with the understanding and knowledge of what all the Transformers films were with the baggage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think I think it's like fucking ninety percent. Yeah. Is that what you're going for? I'm, I'm going like, yeah, fucking wow. yeah. I've been round figures. Old. 90, 90. Jack, what do you not, think? Not try to get in with the the guy hosting the Rotten Tomatoes thing, but I'll go with the the year of your birth, please, Mister Matum, eighty six. <laughs> okay. The year of the film, the year of your birth. Well, uh, last season we had a lot of clean sweeps in terms of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's not a clean sweep. Oh, okay. 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 Transformers, 2007. As no one says, but yeah, sure. Yeah. 2007. Well, yes. well known, 2007. I mean, we say 1907, 2007 makes sense. Jack, you said 71. I did. Matt, you said 55. That I did. Rotten Tomato critic score, 58. Fucking wow. hell. Well done, Matt. Well done. Very close. Public score, 85. Fuck. There it is. Off. There it is. Christ. A lot higher than I expected it to be. 85. Yeah. Revenge of the Fallen. Jack, you said 27. I did. Matt, you said 25. Yes. It's even lower than that. It's 20. Wow. Wow. And deservedly so. I mean, that's still too high. Do you have the numbers uh, for the... I do have the numbers for the others. I'll I'll go through them. Dark of the Moon, 2011. Mm. Critic score, 35. That makes sense. A little bit higher than the other one. A little bit higher, but still bad. Yeah. Audience score still drops fifty five percent. Interesting, oh, little little bit of a drop. Interesting. From the of the fallen. The fatigue is catching even the hardcore oh, yes. fans. Getting there. Age of Extinction seventeen percent. Christ, oh, fuck me. That is a. I mean, that's a bad film. It is bad. Public score fifty percent. Fuck off. Slowly falling. Slowly falling. Last night. Here we go. Jack, you said thirteen percent. Did. Matt, you said 10%. Based on what we just heard about fucking Age of Extinction, I feel like we're on to something. It's going to be like three, isn't it? <laughs> Jack, you got this one. It's 15%. Oh, wow. Oh, that's 43 still on the public score. Oh, Christ. again, see, people were not here for it. Yeah. That was too fucking long. And I mean, then finally, good. Bumblebee. They should have given up a few years ago. <laughs> Jack, you said 86. Matt, you said 90. Mm-hmm. Matt, you got it spot on. Wow. 90%. Yes. 90% wow. well deserved for Bumblebee. Yeah. Nice. Uh, 74% public score. Fuck the public. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. The public scored the first one higher than Bumblebee. Yes. They Fuck did. off, public. The public also voted I for I mean, listeners, we love you. Shit. Thank you very much for listening to the show. <laughs> but the general public of people ratings off from Rotten Tomatoes can fuck all the way off. Yeah. So. Um, Good lord. Let's fix it, boys! Let's get it better! So, my turn to fix it. Kicking us off for season eight. Kicking if, off the season, if, as I if, have done multiple times before. If, yeah, I was saying, if fucking <laughs> Spider-Man turns up again, man, we're going to fucking words. <laughs> Spider-Man shows up, yeah, exactly. Uh, Bane will show up as well, it'll all go. Yeah. I must break you, Prime! <laughs> yeah. What was the prequelizer's kickoff? Prometheus, wasn't it? Prometheus. Yes, yeah. So I've done all the season openers apart from that one. I've done yeah, all the sequelizers season openers <laughs> since I've joined, which is interesting. Anyway, I'm sticking with 2009, keeping a similar sort of timeline. I'm binning off Michael fucking Bay. Huzzah. Because I know Matt will do the whole like, oh, well, it'll just end up doing an imitation of Michael Bay, so you may as well get oh, the real thing. sounds just like me. Fucking hell. Fuck that noise. <laughs> I refuse, in the same way that I would refuse to have Zack Snyder in one of my films, I will refuse no, I th- yeah, to I have think Michael Bay. 
Bay but Transformers exists outside of Bay, so you can get and, anybody for this. It doesn't matter. And to put it in perspective, this is the second movie. I'm not coming in with number five exactly, and just changing exactly. it. Mm. He's not established as the Transformers guy yet. Yeah. He's only done one. And be like, oh, that was Michael Bay's go. Let's have someone else have a go. Precisely. Okay, that makes sense. The man I'm picking for the job, and I will get into this, it does clash, but it's fine because fuck this other movie as well. <laughs> okay. Is the man who you the the audience will almost certainly know from the Fast and Furious franchise, Justin Lin. <laughs> I actually approve of that. That's, that is very clever. So I remember mm. I I don't know if you guys remember when I was first like coming up with concepts and ideas for this, and I was like, there was that moment where the director clicked in my head and I was like, yeah, oh my god, yeah. this is it. Mm. Justin fucking Lin. So put Justin Lin quickly into perspective. In 2009, he does Fast and Furious, a.k.a. the fourth one, which mm. is rubbish. One of the worst. He then goes on to do 5, 6, Star Trek Beyond, F9, the new Space Jam. Oh, he's the executive producer on Space Jam, but yes. you know what I mean. That's kind of his career trajectory after that. But importantly, he's done films before this, which are good. Yes, And I like Justin Lin, and he has the potential, as has been proven by Fast Five, Fast mm. Six, Star Trek Beyond. All three of those films I enjoy and I think are basically what the Transformers film should be, which is yeah, slocky yeah. bullshit action, but actually shot well and cohesive and coherent yeah. and actually makes sense. Yeah, You can follow the action in the Fast and Furious movies as mad and physics-breaking and ridiculous as they it's get. Yeah. It actually kind of makes sense, and you end up caring about those characters. Literally, it's all about it, family and all that bullshit. Literally in the time in between when we took a little pause to stretch our legs, I was saying to Matt how uh, we'd both just watched the fu- uh, new trailer for Fast 9. Oh, yeah. And I was very excited. And he was like, I don't like any of the Fast films. And I was like, but Fast 5 is good. And he was like, yeah, I do have to admit, Fast yep. 5 is it's, good. And, it's now, true. and now they're shooting a car into space. Yeah. Because okay. John Cena's they're there. Fu- Fucking around fucking with magnets. <laughs> and again, yeah. from the uh, other side of things, Star Trek Beyond is fucking great. I love Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. yeah. It feels like an actual we'll, Star Trek film. We'll get around to Into Darkness at some point, folks. Don't worry. <laughs> Justin Lin that's is a, a very, very, very good That's show. on the fucking list. But yeah, Justin Lin, my director. Mm. I'm calling it not Revenge of the Fallen. You'll be pleased to hear. I've got this fallen bollocks. Are you calling it Justin Lin's Transformers? <laughs> we, did, we, didn't, we didn't touch on this, but I hate that they fucking give Megatron a boss yeah yeah that's so shit they basically t- they uh, they make him it's, it's basically like he's got an emperor nobody yes, summons he is megatron vader to emperor yeah, yeah. except yeah. for unicron yeah transformers power of the primes and this is actually a title if i'm correct let me just double check oh is it from I the believe, law some some canon somewhere? i believe it's from comics Ah, okay. Uh, it's a toy line um and it was an animated series uh back in the day cool. as well and uh, like a online animated show and i'm one of the toy lines i'm i'm guessing mm-hmm. that jack's science side is going to come out here and it's going to be a transformers film that's all about higher order mathematics <laughs> you, you've nailed it tim you've absolutely nailed it three no so this is where it gets interesting justice Lin, uh, justice justin lynn i thought you know that's straight away that's a you'll both go oh yeah cool that makes sense that's fine this is where i start getting controversial Shia LaBeouf in the bin. So fun, I like controversy. Megan Fox in the bin. Sure. Humans in general, pretty much in the fucking bin. Public love you. This is a Transformers movie. 
It's going to be about the bloody Transformers. Mm. There are a couple of humans, and there'll be a couple of other... There'll be an army general bullshit who doesn't matter and all that kind of stuff. I don't care who plays him. He's not important. All that kind of stuff. It doesn't work. It's like, oh, that won't work. It's like, have you seen a Planet of the Apes film recently? (laughs) They got a bit of human stuff, but there's monkeys, and that's where I'm in. One of the best modern film trilogies, as I said in the trilogies episode that we talked about back in the day. I fucking love those movies. Give Mm. me more apes. I'm doing an apes for the Transformers. So, returning cast is mostly returning voice cast. In fact, it's entirely returning voice cast. No returning humans. Mm. Bollocks to the lot. So, obviously, Optimus Prime can only be voiced by Peter Cullen, as we mentioned, unless there's some union bullshit going on. (laughs) Yes. Bumblebee gets his voice at the end of the first film. Yeah. So, therefore, he has a voice in this film. (laughs) Yeah. I don't particularly care about Bumblebee in this film. He doesn't hugely matter. He's fine. He's voiced by Mark Ryan, who is the guy who does the voice at the end of the first film. Continuity. I want to stay with the boy. Blah, 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 blah. But did you stay with the boy in the end? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he was boring. Exactly. I kept fucking Our other ending. returning surviving Autobot is Ratchet, who is also voiced by Robert Foxworth. Mm. He's coming back for this one as well. Uh, in terms of Decepticons, we've got returning Starscream, who is very, very briefly in the first one, voiced by Charlie Adler. Yep. Um, and then Barricade is voiced by Jess Harnell. Again, returning voice casts. All of them really great voice actors, all that kind of stuff. Basically, I'm going to nerd out about voice actors because I love to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> I do, I do want to point out, you made a slight typo, a wonderful Freudian slip of a typo in the cast where you've misspelt uh, Robert Foxworth as Robot Foxworth. Robot Foxworth. <laughs> <laughs> so, my God, I'd been, oh, I'd, assume I'd been typing Robo for so long. Yeah, like, did you mean Robot? I was like, I probably did, yes. I probably did mean Robot, robot Foxworth. That's brilliant. That's so good. <laughs> maybe that maybe he is a robot. Who knows? Optimal Prime. I'm drilling down into something. Um, we've got some new humans before I get to um, Autobots and Decepticons and stuff. We've basically got a military guy, a science guy, and a UN guy. Simple. Ba- Love it. Basically, balls boils it down. Um, I've got military guy. I'm calling him. Uh, he'd be like General Hater, Mister Hater, something like that. Played by Stephen Lang. He is. At this, a similar sort of time, he's basically the same character in Avatar. Avatar, kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dr. Emmerich, who is the, the science-y kind of guy, played by Brian Cranston. This oh, cool. is just after the first season of Breaking Bad, so he's just breaking through. On the like, rise. Yeah. He's, he's hot, cool stuff. Let's mm. get him in a film. Oh, Before he does Godzilla in a few years and all this sort of stuff, so we can kind of nab mm. him. Again, they're probably only filming for a few days at this point. It's a fucking Transformers movie. I don't need them shouting about and trying to have sex with teenagers for 40 minutes. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, the Secretary General of the UN, uh, General Kojima, played by Ken motherfucking Watanabe. Nice. Because if I can book Ken Watanabe in something, I'm going to book Ken Watanabe I mean, he, in something. he is in Transformers films. No, he's not, Matthew. <laughs> I, we don't talk I, about that weird sound <laughs> robot. Uh, I really wish you would be like, Secretary General of the UN... Ban Ki-moon, played by <laughs> Secretary General of the UN, Ban Ki-moon. <laughs> so I did think about that. I thought, right, if he's Korean, who can I get to play? Because Ban Ki-moon was the Secretary General at the time of this film's release in 2009. I know. I know my Secretary Generals. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, he's the only one I've ever heard of, so it must be him. And it was him. And I was like, excellent, cool. I'll get a Korean guy to play him. I was like... <laughs> Uh, and that seems a bit on the nose. I don't want to actually have like Banky Moon in the fucking Transformers movies. <laughs> so I'll just create a new guy. Anyway, 
new Autobots, new Decepticons, new other stuff. And we'll get into this. Sure. New Autobots, Hot Rod, the young, brash, cool, new, hip and cool Autobot. Not uh, Voiced by Chris Evans. Captain America Chris uh, Evans. okay. Not okay. BBC Two Chris Evans. That's I good. hasten to That's it. Not English Chris Evans. Ultra Magnus, your boy, Matthew. Yeah, my boy! Who is he's a useless. Big, he's a big, tough dude, and few mm. people have a better big, tough dude voice than the man who kind of sounds like a Transformer anyway, <laughs> Michael Ironside. Oh, brilliant. Ooh, nice. He's brilliant. Deep um, gravelly. I'm yeah, bringing in RC as well. Not okay. with some weird trio of bikes and bullshit and all that kind of stuff. And I've, I'm bringing in one of my absolute favorite voice actors and legendary in video games and TVs and all this kind of stuff, Jennifer Hale. Oh, uh, Commander uh, Shepard. Yeah. yeah, Commander Shepard from the Mass Effect games, exactly. Mm. And this one I'm stealing from Transformers Prime, the TV show, Cliff Jumper. I've got Cliff Jumper in it as well. Mm-hmm. Voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Because he voices him in the TV show. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Is that? And you'll find out why they could afford him in a moment. <laughs> There's a little clip for you. Nine. We'll get into it, don't worry. Okay. okay. Um, some Decepticons, a couple of lesser characters, and then some more important characters. Yep. Um, Skywarp. Uh, and basically, I went and farmed and fished all of like former Transformers voice actors, uh, chopped and yeah. changed, swapped them around, did some comparisons over the decades and all this kind of stuff. Sure. Some some deep research and bullshit, um, but it was fun. I love I love checking out voice acting and stuff. Jack loves his research. I do. Um, and he loves his voice actors. Researching voice actors, the thing I was born to do. Turns out, <laughs> um, Skywarp is going to be voiced by Tom Kenny. You yeah. may know as the voice of SpongeBob from SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> but he's also voiced a bunch he's of Transformers over of the years as well. Mm. He's a brilliant voice actor. He's really diverse. Really can really do like a quirky robotic kind of voice and stuff. Shockwave. New Decepticon, bringing him in. One again, one of my favorite voice actors. You probably know him from Dragon Ball Z, Chris Sabat. He is <laughs> legendary voice actor, brilliant, yeah. like gravitas to his voice and stuff. Next up, kind of moving up, we mentioned Frank Welker earlier and his amazing voice for Soundwave. Oh. Frank Welker is playing Soundwave and yeah. Soundwave's little minion, Laserbeak, which is the little robo bird pterodactyl thing. <laughs> So yeah, Frank Welker is back. He's doing the really cool voice, the yes. iconic voice yes. from the eighties there as well. A yeah. couple of spoilers on the cast list here, as we'll we'll get into it later oh. on. Maybe I won't reveal them. Maybe I will. Um, <laughs> um, and there is an unaffiliated Transformer. Ooh. Couple more. A rogue element. Yeah, a rogue element who is actually featured in the Bay movies, but done real badly, and is <laughs> like one of my favorite Transformers characters. Oh. Lockdown. Oh, right. Okay. The bounty hunter guy. Yeah. Dog gonna, the bounty hunter. Dog the bounty <laughs> hunter, a but a robot. Exactly. He is voiced by, again, legendary, one of my absolute favorite voice actors who has the power and the gravitas for this kind of stuff. Mm. Steve Bloom. Oh, yeah. Nice. Absolutely love Steve Bloom. He's going to voice Lockdown. And there are a couple of spoilery ones we'll uh, touch on in the pitch when they yeah. come up. In a similar opening to the first film, we see Optimus Prime and the Autobots battling against the Decepticons on their home world of Cybertron. The Decepticons start winning and eventually pursue the Allspark into space. We know that scene from the first one. Blah, 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 blah. Optimus announces the Autobots retreat. Cybertron has fallen and the Autobots must spread themselves out across the stars to escape the Decepticons 
and the coming apocalypse. As the Autobots escape into space, we see the final moments extend slightly as another robotic planetary object approaches Cybertron <laughs> and destroys it. Ah, oh, shit. It's Zack Snyder's uh, Kal-El planet. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> so it's, so it's like the beginning of Man of Steel, right? And it's the flashback yeah. to Krypton. Wait, Krypton is Cybertron? Okay. Oh my god. We've done it. Optimus's speech from the end of the first film replays and is caught by Soundwave in his satellite mode. We follow the signal and catch up with Starscream, who escaped into space at the end of the first film. In Again, a mid-credit sequence, film, Continuity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Flying past a seemingly dormant Transformer floating in the darkness. As Starscream zooms past, this Transformer reactivates, revealing himself to be a kind of Franken-bot made of different parts. He begins his flight heading in the opposite direction. Towards Earth. Is, is it dun, Slave 1? <laughs> is it Boba Fett? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, spoiler alert, Frankenbot is, is locked down. Um, and he's basically the Boba Fett of the Transformers thing. He didn't really do anything for a bit, but everybody loved him. So they're like, fuck it, let's put fair him play. in the stuff. <laughs> so yeah, essentially. Back on Earth, Optimus, Bumblebee and Ratchet welcome new Autobots to Earth. RC, a female Transformer whose alternate mode is a pink Ducati motorbike. Ultra Magnus, a large Autobot soldier whose alternate mode is a car carrier slash transporter. That big, you know, the big thing that carries other cars? He's one mm. of them. He's huge. <laughs> Cliff Jumper, a rough and ready bot whose alternate mode is an American muscle car with horns on the bonnet. <laughs> Classy. I think they cast The Rock because he was the Brahma Bull when he was Brahma a wrestler. Bull, the rest of the ah, yeah. And he had the horns. I sense. guess that's the little jokey thing sense. that they had. Yeah. And Hot Rod, a young brash bot whose alternate mode is a colourful sports car. Optimus tells the new arrivals that they are meeting with the UN shortly to discuss continuing their relationship with Earth's governments and defence forces. When Optimus meets with the UN Council, led by General Secretary Kojima, an attempt is made on his life by the Frankenbot we saw earlier, now identified as the Cybertronian bounty hunter Lockdown. In a fearsome battle, Ratchet and Cliffjumper are killed. Oh no! That's how we afford the rock. That's, yeah. Cliffjumper dies in episode one of Transformers Prime. <laughs> we get the rock for about ten minutes. Jobs are good. Nice. Killed off a person uh, of colour and you didn't know, get Michael right? Bay to do it. Fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and Optimus is saved by RC and Hot Rod as they retreat. Lockdown claims trophies from his victims, adding their parts to his body before escaping. Yikes. So he kind Grim. of does the thing that we talked about where he rips parts off of other Transformers he kills. Yeah, but it's not and heroic. Then atta- attaches them to himself <laughs> without doing the whole like, where am I skin, boy? He like, Will take their. He famously, the toy had Ratchet's gun, and you could take Ratchet's gun from the toy and it would clip onto Lockdown's oh, cool. arm because in the cartoon, he kills Ratchet and takes his gun. Uh, okay. That kind of stuff. Mm. So he's basically this weird kind of like, you know, bits of purple, bits of yellow. There's a gun from mm. one Transformer, there's a shoulder pad from another Transformer. He looks. Unlike anything else we've ever seen. This weird See, kind of higgledy-piggledy yeah, kind of stuff. Is he, is, he cool able to, hideous? is he able to transform into a vehicle or is he stuck in robot mode because he's like so many different parts stuck together? Good question. Um, I can't remember what his alternate mode was. It's got to be a gun, surely. Uh, probably a big gun. Usually it's a big gun. He also has like a, uh, like a hook for a hand as well, which is really cool. Okay. That, that's like a it's grappling a hook thing he can fire out and swing around and stuff. Yeah, he's cool. In the aftermath of the attack on the UN building, we see US members of the Security Council, 
Hater and Emmerich, the two brief human characters I mentioned earlier, <laughs> discuss that they are looking into the attack and deny the existence of Transformers, despite Ooh. videos and conspiracy theories contradicting their official reports. They leave the press conference and get into a police escort with a Decepticon logo on its side. Soundwave, now approaching Earth's moon, receives a transmission from Starscream to expect his return along with some reinforcements. Soundwave's flying minion, Laserbeak, separates from the satellite and dives into the ocean below. I assume it's because uh, Soundwave says, Laserbeak, <laughs> yeah, return. Exactly. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> Go and do this for me, Laserbeak. I need a poo. Get out. <laughs> Close the door behind you, Laserbeak. <laughs> I'm just brewing a big poop. <laughs> just dumps out laser because, oh, I feel so much better now. <laughs> so much freer. You were the poo, laser big. <laughs> I couldn't tell you to your face. Oh my God. See, character growth, character relationships. <laughs> depth, it's so layered. <laughs> interactions between characters that matter. <laughs> Meanwhile, Optimus is being repaired at the Autobot HQ and retelling stories of lockdown. He was created as one of the few independent Transformers, neither Autobot nor Decepticon, and is motivated by upgrading himself from trophies from his victims. We see a flashback on Cybertron of Lockdown taking out some classic Transformers and Take building... Take pick from cool designs and the bits that he's got on him and stuff, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he goes, you know, he's got blurs. like that at all. Left arm. Cup! There you go. Old cup. <laughs> Good old cup. I'm so old and oh no, I've fallen apart. Okay. <laughs> Yes, so he, and how he builds the Frankenstein's monster's body that he has today. Optimus had thought him dead when Cybertron fell. Hearing this, Ultra Magnus is fired up and ready to fight, but Hot Rod manages to calm him down. With the name Hot Rod, you think it'd be the other way around. I know, <laughs> right? Yeah. RC, Hot Rod, and Bumblebee are sent on a scouting mission to find the remaining Decepticons. New Decepticons, Soundwave, Skywarp, and a handful of others arrive on Earth and meet with the UN Security Council members we saw earlier, reuniting with Barricade. Barricade was the cop car, if you hadn't really yeah. clocked that on, listeners. As he is in the first film. Indeed. They confirm that their master will be arriving shortly, and they should prepare accordingly. The Autobot scouts manage to track these Decepticons down, teasing them about how easy they were to find. A fight ensues between the two factions, while Hater and Emmerich hide and make a phone call. We cut to news coverage, broadcasting the battle and being amplified across the world via Soundwave in orbit. I find it interesting with the sort of um, something that the film doesn't do in the first place. We didn't actually talk about this. They're robots in disguise and they never disguise themselves. Nope. Outside of like, the first it film. literally does like, and we will hide us. The final speech is like, we will hide ourselves here on Earth, integrate with its people. And it pans across and there's a 30 foot tall robot on a hill. And you're like, someone would fucking notice that. You're 30 feet tall. Yeah. That's terrifying. So yeah, I'm kind of tying this in. I'm thinking a little bit like the 2014 Godzilla. Oh, Where yes, you yes, see yes. some of the fights, like you see the fights start and you see some of the yeah, action. I, like I want that, a little personally. bit more action than the Godzilla film. A lot film, of people don't like that, but I do. I know, I know. I want, to I want to balance there somewhere. So I want like, we see the action because you've got to have action in a Transformers movie, but you also see stuff and like, as a punch is thrown, for example, it will cut to news coverage from a different angle mm. of the same fight carrying on. Yeah, and, I like that. There are giant fucking robots. What's going on? Oh my God. <laughs> and the, the, the news are freaking out and humans discover that Transformers exist, basically, which like you said, is kind of never really addressed in the fact that 
they're everywhere and the planet is one and they're yeah. in the fucking pyramids. The only people who care about it is usually the, the government. And a humble inventor from Boston, Texas. <laughs> and a rich old earl. Yes. Anyway, another point. The other Autobots see the news coverage and Hater interrupts the reporter to proclaim, They're God who will save us from destruction! God is here! <laughs> Needless to say, this catches their attention, and Optimus describes the legend of the God of Chaos, the Planet Eater. He tells the story of the being's arrival on Cybertron, and we cut away to a flashback once again, mm. eclipsing the moon as this creature reaches closer to Earth. The giant space station-sized transformer slowly circles through space, approaching Soundwave, still in orbit. The Planet Eater links to Soundwave and announces himself with the simple I am Unicron. Ooh. And with a voice like that, you got, speaking of Fast and Furious, Vincent Diesel. Please <laughs> the Iron Giant I am himself. <laughs> He's not Groot at this point, so that's, yeah, that's funny. It's pre-Groot, post-Iron yeah. Giant, but... Middle of Fast and it, Furious. It's stuff. a it's a great it's a great. He's choice. got a great voice. Yeah, I mean Orson Welles. Oh, what a voice! Chef kiss nonsense. That's <laughs> so ridiculous. That this is Amazing. Role. Amazing. But Diesel's a good show. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Unicorn punctuates the sentence by sending a missile to Earth just casually. You know, Optimus visibly reacts to the name and scrambles the remaining Autobots to prepare for the fight of their lives. Sorry, when I say fight for their lives, I kind of wanted the uh, RuPaul's Drag Race life <laughs> to echo through there. The ongoing skirmish briefly pauses as all of the Transformers look to the sky to see Unicron's attack hurtling towards him. The humans try to react to this attack with a missile defense of their own. But so the this is where we'd see like a military command of like, oh my God, we got to stop them. Yeah, blah, jets blah, blah, blah. and shit. Like, and yeah, frantic yeah. military people Nukes. running around, but I'm not wanking over the military. They're just there trying incompetent. to... Incompetent. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're incompetent and shooting missiles with other missiles yeah, because yeah. America... Sure. Is this multiple nations firing as one sort of thing? Or is it like, oh, I assume it's like you see from man of the world kind of thing as opposed to just like America only? Uh, yeah, yeah, it would be in, in an international thing because cool, cool, cool. Soundwave is brought br the, the fact that he's a satellite, he's basically broadcasting worldwide. Is it, is it doing the Man of Steel, you are not alone kind of thing? So it's the war kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. I like it, I like it. I like an, an extraterrestrial adversary to bring us all together. That's good, good. Yeah. So you say Man of Steel, I think Bill and Ted, boat's journey. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the humans try to react to this with their attacks of their own missiles. Uh, depends of their own, but the Planet Eater's projectile transforms and easily destroys and disables the Earth's defense. Revealing his robot mode, this Transformer resembles a reconstructed Megatron with upgrades added by Unicron. So the, the basically the missile itself is yep. a Transformer. You see it as just like a lump of metal, sure, and then sure. as, it, as the human missiles approaches, it goes... <laughs> <laughs> and then starts just like destroying them, ripping them apart. That, yeah, going bouncing in around and, like Starscream was in the first one, yeah. Exactly, nice. yeah. Bouncing around, taking out the wiring of one of them, throwing it back down to Earth, nice. all that kind of shit. Say hello to Galvatron, everybody. Yeah! Voiced once again by Hugo Weaving, because I actually think he did a really damn good job. Fine. He fine. He's, he's mm. good. Optimus is still not at 100%, but is able to rally the Autobots. They gather together, and he tells them that he knows how to beat Unicron, but they must stop the Decepticons to give him a chance. The newly transformed Herald of Unicron lands near the remaining Decepticons, uniting them. The former Megatron announces himself as Galvatron and commands the battle to begin in the name of Unicron. 
I know there's a lot of proper nouns in there, but trust me, <laughs> it's cool. He like <laughs> lands down, probably does like a superhero landing kind of thing, big dust cloud. He emerges out it. and they're like, oh my God, what the fuck? That looks like Megatron. And then he announces, I am Galvatron Prime and all that kind of stuff. Yep. You know, the, the classic stuff. The things people expect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which, a huge battle between Autobots and Decepticons ensues. Full stop. There you go. That's another 20 <laughs> minutes of the film right there. <laughs> it's good and visible, and we can tell what's it's going on. It's good and visible. They all of, have distinct yeah, designs. A sense of location. You can actually tell the difference between the two of them. There's punching, there's shooting, there's kicking, there's buildings and stuff. Is there biting? It's cool. Yes, specifically <laughs> biting with their weird little mouths and lips. And aye, 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 aye. Metal teeth, metal tongues, all that kind of fun stuff. All while the battle is going on, the looming shadow of Unicron grows in the sky closer and closer to Earth. Galvatron straight away aims himself directly at Optimus. Like I said, prime, all that kind of stuff you'd expect from a yeah. resurrected Megatron. Ultra Magnus, the largest and the toughest of the Autobots, does his best to defend his leader, but Galvatron easily beats and kills him. Sorry, Matt. Oh, I mean, that's what, I that's what I said for. Yeah. I started laughing there because it just reminded me of uh, why does Ross, the largest of the friends, simply <laughs> yes. not simply eat the others? Simply eat the others. <laughs> why does Ultra Magnus, the largest and toughest Autobot, not simply eat all of the others? Uh, Ultra Magnus is fantastic because he is quite useless. He doesn't have a lot of plans. He doesn't seem to know what he's doing. He goes, I'm not good enough, Prime. I'm, I'm just a big, dumb guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you silly He's the Magnus. muscle. But yeah, I yeah. know that in, in the More Than Meets the Eyes comics, which I keep meaning to read because I hear they're absolutely they are fantastic. Very good. Mm. It I turns would argue out, the best. Yeah, it turns out that Ultra Magnus is actually like a little guy who is like wearing a big guy as a suit. I fucking yep. love that idea. It's That's a mech, so good. Matthew. It's a Transformers mech. Well, they had the head... The Headmasters ones, which was like they had little robot suits, which yep. would turn to the heads of the. But that's not important right now. <laughs> no Headmasters, unfortunately, in this one. Yeah, As Galvatron prepares to put an end to his old foe, he is hit with a shot that stops him in his tracks. Lockdown returns and declares that Prime is his kill, and no one will take that from him. The bounty hunter and the new Decepticon leader square off one on one for the right to kill Optimus Prime. God, get a room. Guys. So, like, two kind of bad guys fighting over who's going to kill Optimus Prime. So sexual. I know, right? Horny sexual Jack. tension through the roof. Jack, were you horny when you wrote this? <laughs> He's <laughs> mine! Stop lubricating him, Galvatron. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It's the, it. This makes complete sense. Vengeance from all round, and again, the whole, like, He's no good to me, dead. Right. Exactly. Exactly. As the chaos of the battle continues for 20 minutes or so, Hot Rod helps Optimus and hatches a plan to get him closer to Unicron. Hot Rod battles Starscream and hijacks him, allowing him to pick up Optimus and send them both into the stratosphere. Explain. Uh, so Hot Rod basically will try and lure Starscream down mm. close to the planet. They then are able to launch themselves up and he will basically try and get him into his jet form and, mm. hi and hijack Starscream to launch Got him it. and Optimus yeah. Prime towards so it's not, it's Unicron. Like a, it's not a hacking thing. He's just literally like, he's like, it's the classic, I've got you from a grip and like, you're going to take He's literally like building. got him in a chokehold. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, okay, yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah. Um, that makes sense. And yeah, not literally like hacking in and jacking or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah using, using kind of brute force and having Hot Rod being like the young one who's got the fresh ideas and all that kind of stuff. He's mm, coming up yeah. with a plan. 
No, I like it. Optimus to try and get up there. Because also, as you said before, Matt, none of the fucking Autobots can fly. No. So you're like, oh, we need yeah. to get to space. Uh, ride the jet <laughs> Decepticon? Yeah, yeah, that makes Which sense. Which one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one. Yeah. They could do it with Skywarp as well. There's a bunch of evil jets. No, no, no. It's I fine. like it. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, Starscream constantly resists battling against Hot Rod, essentially piloting him against his will. He fights back enough to regain control of himself, and Hot Rod throws Optimus toward the towering planet eater. The, the, the speedball special, whatever it is from... Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Yeah, it was good. Um, it was good. So, yeah, you get that kind of... He will fight off Starscream with that last moment, just give Optimus that last throw. And as you said, mm. the, the fastball special from the from uh, yeah. X-Men and just be like, yeah. and launch Meets him off. That bit in Advent Children where they throw... Yes. Uh, Cloud. I uh, may uh, have watched uh, Advent Children recently. Yeah, all, <laughs> all, yes. all the friends throwing you up. A all big the friends building. somehow defy physics and like bounce off each yeah. other in midair and stuff. Mm. It's that, but they're not defying physics because it's space and yeah. they're robots, so it's fine. Well, Starscream is carrying a lot of Starscream is hench. He's carrying like these beefy yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, love it. Yeah, and it should absolutely be Starscream at that point. I know there's other flying. No, no, it needs to be Starscream. It needs to be Starscream because then, like, Galvatron can just be like, you let me down again. Yeah. Yeah. They, they rode you into space. This is bad comedy. You betrayed me again. With Hot Rod fighting Starscream in space uh, and the battle on Earth raging, we settle on the tiny speck of dust that is Optimus Prime in the shadow of Unicron. So imagining, you know, Optimus Prime is this big, towering, mm. powerful leader of the Autobots mm. and all this kind of stuff. And you see him next to Unicron, and he is like a dot. It's almost like um, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yes, like yes. He's this tiny little speck of dust floating through space, and mm. Unicron is a fucking planet. Coming That's no moon. Him. Unicron belittles the Autobot, but is silenced when Optimus tells him his name. Unicron is briefly stunned, but quickly recovers, saying that while only a Prime can defeat him, he needs the Matrix, and it was destroyed along with Cybertron. Optimus corrects him, tearing open his chest yeah. to reveal his spark and telling the god of chaos that the Matrix still lives in him. Now, Jack. Hello. Tell me we're getting a rendition of You got the touch at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would be awful. But that's what people would want. Would Done you by Linkin Park, obviously. Da, yeah, I was yeah. just about to say, Linkin Park's version <laughs> of Link it. Because, I mean, if we get, like, Justin Lin saying, like, yeah, put Beastie Boys back in there for fucking <laughs> Starship Beyond, I could definitely see him saying, why wouldn't I put this song in there? Well, Beastie Boys is an Abrams thing. Oh, that's true. But I mean, I mean, more like he's he would have the he wouldn't have a problem putting like this in here. It's like this would be this is what the fans might want as a callback. I could see him going with. I it. can see it like yeah. quietly in the background. <laughs> People are like, oh, I okay. recognize that. And then it goes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you got the dad. I can yeah. definitely see it being Lincoln Park cover. I hate it, but yeah. If I like it or not, but it <laughs> has to be in here, I think. Autobots versus Decepticons continues, and there are casualties on both sides. Optimus rips out the Matrix from his chest, unleashing a beam into the center of Unicron and imploding him. As Unicron implodes, Hot Rod holds the dying Autobot leader, and Optimus tells him that the power of the Primes must continue, passing the Matrix to Hot Rod. Ooh. Hot Rod refuses at first, but Optimus's spark goes out, and Hot Rod reluctantly accepts the Matrix of Leadership, which dives straight into his chest and begins transforming him as he plummets back to Earth. <laughs> Galvatron glitches and reacts as Unicron is destroyed, giving Lockdown a chance to finally kill him. Actual dead dead, do we think? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think you have him come back once. He comes back like three separate times in the Bay Transformers. Yeah, he does. And I quite like what they do with the whole like melty face thing. I quite like the idea of him becoming more and more fucked up. Mm-hmm. But they out and out kill him like twice. They do. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if you kill him once and then wound him a second time, fine. Mm. But yeah, I'm. I think lockdown is killing him dead. No, his I like head it. Off. He's, take, he's like I said, he would. He would claim. Yeah. Funny, you mentioned um, little outtake teaser here. We mentioned hmm. some of the toys in the in the outtakes. Hmm. Galvatron has that really cool gun. Imagine he has that in the Big old in the toy, and that thing. is what Lockdown yeah. is claiming as like his prize from killing makes Galvatron. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, again, I, that that's cool because Megatron dies. Galvatron, that's fine. We don't need yep, that. We don't need a second or third no. version of that or whatever. Other interesting villains if you're going to carry on. Yeah. So, Hot Rod crash lands now transformed by the Matrix into a robot of similar stature to Optimus because Hot Rod's smaller, so he's obviously yes, beefed he up he's, now. It, Younger and smaller because that's how Transformers Robots, work. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Biology, <laughs> yay! <laughs> he announces his new name, Rodimus Prime, and everyone says, "Ah, that's uh, a bit on the nose, but it's fine. It's cool." <laughs> and Alicia's, I, I, unfortunately, I didn't make that up. Oh, like, you did. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, it's fucking stupid, but it's kind of great at the same time. <laughs> What's your name, Rod Skywalker? Right, so cool. If he was, if he was, so if he was Optimus, <laughs> and I'm Hot Rod. Do I go Hotimus? No, that's a bit on no. <laughs> Hot Rodimus? Rodimus? I mean, that's quite that's quite like quite phallic, but Rodimus. Yeah, like Rodimus Prime. Rodimus Prime. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, teenagers shouldn't name themselves. Um, no. and he unleashes fire on the Decepticons. He has got has he got has he got big flamey stripes all over? He would he would now have like big brilliant. flamey stripes and yeah, cool. unleashing like flamethrowers and big big old action shit. Stuff. It's fucking he's cool all as hell. Super like oh, and powerful. Yeah, he's now it's like oh that's my new favorite toy. That kind of thing. I get it entirely. Yeah. He, marketing Matthew. Yep. Marketing. Yeah, and this causes the Decepticons to retreat. Yep. The victorious Autobots celebrate, but soon realize that Optimus didn't return with Hot Rod. And he's called Subrodimus Prime. <laughs> oh, I am Rodimus Prime. Don't, don't we have Although, a Prime? Not anymore. Mate, we, are you, aren't you kind of stepping on that guy's toes? Like, do you think that's a bit disrespectful? Do you imagine this is like two people go to war, one comes back and says, hey, son, you're not my dad. Well, <laughs> <laughs> will you adopt me now? I was with you with your son when he died. I took your dad's Sorry, surname. What? Is that all right? <laughs> yeah. Sky Don Drapered him. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, Don Drapered, exactly. exactly. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, I loved that episode of Mad Men when uh, uh, John mm-hmm. Hamm gets the Matrix of Leadership. <laughs> they mourn their fallen leader and decide what to do next in the wake of the battle, as well as their reveal to the rest of the planet. Rodimus Prime delivers a final inspiring speech about defending the Earth and working with humanity to build a better planet together. The typical, we're here on Earth and blah, 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 but it's Chris Evans doing it. My name is Rodimus Prime. And I'm uh, sending yeah, this message to everyone else. I was named by a 15 We're all year old. right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. I like it's a good escalation from basically <sighs> Revenge of the Fallen uh, doesn't feel much bigger than the first Transformers film, even though it arguably is. I feel like none of them do because they're all, you start off with huge and then it just continues being huge. <laughs> yeah, pretty huge. Yeah. And it's all just chasing around incomprehensible MacGuffins in those yeah. films. It's there's there's yeah, you've got a lot clearer story here. Um I love I love that it focuses much more on the robots. I love that they get time to have a bit of characterization mm. and there's 
a bit more character to them. You'd actually get clearly defined roles in the team, which I think was something I really wanted to touch on. Mm. Like yeah. that's really clearly defined in. I know I'm kind of using the show Prime as an example mm. quite a lot because I enjoyed it and it's mm. fairly recent. It's actually around about the exact same time as this, mm. and uh, Kurtzman and Orsi, the writers are and producers of the films, also helped produce the show and all that kind of stuff. So it does kind of tie in, mm. not in a continuity way at all, but there's some nice little kind yeah. of visual cues and stuff like that and they they're able to build the team and show like this guy does this thing while the she does this thing which means they can work together to do this thing that they couldn't <laughs> do by themselves and teamwork and all that kind of stuff um, advent children etc so i i've i've never seen the 84 uh, sorry the 86 animated film but i'm right in saying this is pretty much All beats what it. happens in that isn't it yeah sim- similar kind of vibe so yeah unicorn destroys cybertron at the beginning of the film, basically, yeah. yep. and murders all of everybody's favorite Transformers. So mm-hmm. Optimus dies, a bunch of other people die, and Rodimus takes up the, yeah. the leadership and all that kind of stuff. And, like, punches Unicron into space, if I remember correctly, even though he's from <laughs> space. He punches his eyeball, like doesn't he? Pocket dimension and all this kind of stuff, and yeah. yeah. Um, Unicron also has a robot mode. He's not a planet, he turns into, like, a big robot. Yep. Yeah, like, I think I've... Yep, sure. Yeah. There's a big robot with wings because the rings of the planet look like the arms of the thing, and it's it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of mashing up a couple of different things. I've taken some influences from some of the characterizations from the comics I read, mm-hmm. more than meets the eye comics, as you mentioned, Tim. Yeah, the IDW stuff is really bloody good. People have been recommending that to me since I was doing my previous podcast, my comics <laughs> podcast. Uh, a co-host of mine was just absolutely obsessed with them. Mm. And every week he would come on and be like, pick of the week, Transformers more than meets the I'm like, how? Yeah. How is it your pick every single I've, week? I've heard that from people. I've said, yeah. I've heard people say it's like the best comic, one of the best comics of the last 10 years. And yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. at some not, point, not I get just Transformers, it, but... but people say it's like legit, brilliant yeah. storytelling, yeah. even if you're not a Transformers fan. And yeah. I think I read the first trade essentially on Comicsology, so the mm. first six issues. And had a bloody lovely time with it. And I'm yeah. not, and I, as as is established, I don't have that, you know, rose tinted mm. nostalgia glasses yeah, yeah, with Transformers. Yeah. So I you was able to enjoy perspective. it. Totally neutral. And it was, yeah, really good storytelling. You can really clearly tell different characters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then obviously I'm taking influence from the classic mm. 80s stuff as well. I really liked it. The problem I had with it is that it feels like it should be the third film. Mm. I yeah. feel like I, need... Yeah, I get that. I feel like we need a film that kind of bridges between this one and the original, where we kind of have a few humans around, but reducing them and and sort of very easily have like too many humans in a Transformers film, though, Tim. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get what you mean. I totally yeah. I, I think, can see I what you mean. I think a... me rushing to Unicron feels a bit like oh shit, we're going for end of the world stuff, like mm. in the second movie. So yeah, yeah. I think I think this is the th- it. it this is what Transformers should have been from the jump, and this would have if if the first Transformers film had been done well, this would have been a perfect like follow up to it. But because the first one is so crap, uh, and not what and and doesn't give any character development to the Autobots or the Decepticons, to anybody, really, pretty much. Yeah, I think I think you need something, and it's so focused on the human tele- story and the fucking military. I th- I do think you need a, a stepping stone between that and this yeah. where you have where you you can see off Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox and you can make it a story more about the trans like the Autobots getting used to Earth and and maybe do and, and also that would give you 
a film without Megatron so that his return here mm. has a bit more yeah, impact. Like yeah. It gives you more time to get to know Optimus so his death has more of an impact. Maybe you bring in Hot Rod in that film and so that you can see his kind of maybe him clashing with Optimus in the first film yep. and then they become, yep. you know, they get on and then he becomes his kind of heir apparent kind of thing. Like I say, I really like this. I think it's just a bit of a jump to make uh, from the original. I can totally see what you mean. But, I actually had that yeah. kind of thought, like I said, when I'm instantly escalating to like, Optimus is dead, we have a new leader, and Unicron, yeah. the planet destroyer, is here. Yeah, It's a bit of a like, is this the fifth film? Is this the third yeah. film? Like <laughs> We're going straight to like real game-changing shit in, in film yeah. two. And I guess the kind of reason, uh, I actually kind of totally agree with you. I think a little transitional period in the middle there would work kind of well. But I thought like, fuck it, the 80s film did all that and just murdered everybody's favorite (laughs) characters in the first 10 minutes. So I thought, yeah, why not? And uh, that'll give us a, in theory, this would then carry on with like, people would like Rodimus Prime maybe and and go to learn to love him as the new Autobot leader in the follow-up films and all that kind of stuff. And your, your voice casting is spot on. Uh, as always, like I know my yeah. voice actors. If I don't, <laughs> if I don't know my, my Transformers too well, I certainly know my voice actors. I both agree and disagree. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so um, I entirely get where Tim's coming from. I would largely think yes, it does feel like a climactic third film kind of revelation. I would, however, say that we would think that now with hindsight. We think that now with connected universes and you know the fact that the mcu has 25 films under its belt kind of thing that makes sense to us now if i give a comparison not necessarily a flattering one unfortunately just speaking chris evans for example 2005's fantastic four and 2007's rise of the silver surfer now obviously if some some people if you're listening to 2009 for example someone's like oh i don't know a big old you know planet destroying thing comes around as a herald in front of it's like that sounds like silver surfer and galactus (laughs) it's like it does but this is also what the 86 film did. So no one's going to challenge yeah. that. That's fine. You're not going to have that kind of... Some people might, who don't know that kind of stuff might say, well, it feels a bit familiar. It's like, yeah, you're wrong. You sound like an idiot now. That's different. I have a suggestion because I think you're right. You needed some distance, but I don't think another... It's, it's a tricky thing because I think if you have another film, you end up feeling more like a bridge of literally trying to sever off all the bay shit that doesn't work Mm-hmm. build up the plot of what's coming yes okay there'd be a well, whole you notice me trying to sever off the base stuff i don't know <laughs> but there'd be a whole plot in the middle and it'd be fine it may be an enjoyable story but i think you can't you uh, you could arguably go straight from the first transformers bay film to this i think there's one thing you need to do i agree with or Tim. more sexy ladies and military <laughs> action it's like you're reading my goddamn mind <laughs> um, my mind in my pants no, I, th- I think the... Okay, so I think a handful of things. The first thing is there needs a bit of early development. I, you've brought out a thing that's a very much uh, mirrors what the comic lore is, and that's great, and, the, and the, the film lore that we all know from Transformers about the Matrix of Leadership. I would say you need to, rather than have it as a reveal, I think you need to bleed it in earlier. Like, really drop mm. several fucking big-ass hints for the fucking... Transformers is a 90% movie. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> Not the people who know it from the fucking, you know, Matrix of Leadership as a two-handed fucking orb in, you know, in, in, in a, yep. 
Yeah, and a steering wheel. Um, <laughs> sort of thing. Mad Max Fury Road style. Yeah. Very much so. You, you, just to, even if it's like a fictional thing that might be lost, it's like, it's not lost. Bang. I was like, oh, he's had it the whole time. He's yeah. talked about it in the film previously about the thing in his chest. I didn't realize it was, that kind of thing. And just a bit of, bit of building. But, you know, like anything, word count, we would have got there, that kind of thing. But mm. yeah. I think that could actually be a really good way of tying in lockdown a bit better because he's you make that it the lockdowns hunting that's the thing he's after yeah. the matrix of mm. leadership I like that. um yeah the coveted and, holy and grail stuff yeah yeah and that can also give you a bit of a an insight into because we get we get a lot of talk both in in this and the the original of like <laughs> oh the primes they're so important yeah. it's like why but why <laughs> like what yeah. can they do that the others can't do when you've got all these transformers around who yeah. can do stuff so, that the others can't yeah so there this is a version you. where i can't remember where i got this from but it is some of one of the 35 mm. different continuities where prime is a title mm. that is given to you by by possessing the matrix of leadership yes that's and it. you pass you pass that on when one prime dies it passes it on to the next leader of the autobots mm. and that is then the thing so yeah, that that's kind of where I came. There's not like the seven original primes, but I definitely see what you mean. I think, yeah, restrictions of word count. I can kind of blame that. I guess that's my little no, 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 jail free right. card. But I, I think <laughs> yeah. all it needs to be is the prime makes you sorry. The, the the matrix of leadership. There's like maybe a very small percent of them in the universe, and it makes you a a thing. And I think it's more make it more a thing like a mythology than it is an actual yeah. reality. And then oh god, it's real mm. that kind of thing. But so the Matrix of Leadership yeah. was made by King Arthur. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and Merlin was pissed off his face. Merlin now, was pissed off his face and played by Stanley Tucci for some reason. He's back again, but who's descended <laughs> from... And he's, he's, his descendant is an English actress, but not the Stanley Tucci character we've already seen. They're not related. It's just a coincidence. Okay, cool. So the thing I have a problem with, um, that I think I have a fix for, is that you're releasing this in 2009. Mm. And your film sounds like it's well-written. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have the right of strike. Uh, I'm non-union, mate. I'll write this. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm I know, I know. But what I mean to say is, I think you can fix it. But like people, like, so, like even like Tim saying, like the bridge stuff and how we can get through this, and you know, more separation from the the Bay universe. And it's like just release it in 2011. Mm. Release it later. Have it mm. enough time has passed that you can say, like, we look like this now. We have Gen One look. We've gone and we've gone. You know, we've got more people down from. Plans. more time has passed the world has changed and you have you get around the whole writer's strike shit there as well you don't have to go straight into it yada 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 you do run into casting probably that, problematic. that is when fast five comes out but you know what i mean a later date basically <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. get what you mean the, pro the the problem is and i did actually think about that i originally again this is a little behind the scenes -y kind of stuff on mm. my process my original original plan way back when we talked about this months and months ago planning this season was Neil Blomkamp. Ooh. Very interesting. And doing Very something film. weird and dark and a total different thing in like 2011 because mm. District 9 comes out in 2009. Yeah. And I mm. absolutely cannot be like, oh, instead of District 9 or before District yeah. 9, he does this thing. <laughs> yeah, Remember yeah. he did that short film yeah. that's like nine minutes long that's basically District 9? Here you go. Have Transformers. That's yeah. not how that works. <laughs> So I'd originally going to do like 2011, 2012, something like that, pre-Chappy Elysium kind of stuff mm. for Neil Blomkamp. And then I thought, mm, no, nah, that's going to be, it's too far away from Bay, that, that four-year gap and all this kind of stuff. The problem you run in with Justin Lin is he's real fucking busy. That Every is two a years, that is a he does Fast Five, Fast Six, 
Hollywood Adventures, which he produced and directed, but still involved. Mm. Then one year later, again, Star Trek Beyond. A few years later, now catching up, he's doing Fast Nine. Mm. But like that, 2007, 2009, 2011, 2013, 2015. He is doing a project every couple of years. Yeah, and that's true. You've got a really tight he would timeline burn there. I thought, I can lose Fast 4 because fuck Fast and Furious. That <laughs> film is rubbish. Mm. But we need to keep Fast 5. Maybe this even builds up to like, oh, hey, you remember him and The Rock worked together in the Transformers movies? <laughs> yeah, Hobbs and Shaw and all that bollocks. And yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, I totally see what you mean. I think, yeah, building something in the middle there would work and... If, you know, in the sequelizers alternate timeline, I reconstruct the timeline and build it all around and do all that kind of stuff. And Justin Lin does exactly what I tell him to do when he <laughs> when he needs to do it. And we avoid yeah. the right to strike and all that kind of stuff. The stars align. And yeah. yeah. Well, again, I, I think it, it's like anything. I, I think what you have here is a good story. And I think it's also very much what the fans want to see. Um, some people say, oh, you rushed a unicorn too fast. It's like, no, this uh, this isn't a, a universe where you're like having uh, in, in this sort of 2007 Transformers world. You get maybe two sequels, maybe if the first one is good out the gate, kind of thing. Because people think of it in terms of like, oh, but he's the Transformers version of Thanos. It's like, right? Nobody gives a fuck about Thanos in 2009. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, apart from like people who read Infinity Gauntlet, which is yeah. not the people that are making the movies the, at the time. The big things would have been like. Harry Potter was still big. Oh, he's he's like and... the Voldemort of the Transformers movie. <laughs> and uh, and Pirates of the Caribbean. It's just like just do the next big thing. And this isn't based yeah, on like yeah. a series of books. Like again, I had lots of young adult fiction like Twilight and that sort of stuff going on at the same time. So yeah, um it's a it is genuinely a tricky one. I'm not gonna lie. It's difficult. I think you've done a good job with the film. I think just a shift. Even 2010 would be enough. Yeah. Is Lynn get it out of that writer's yeah. track? era I, th- I think i genuinely think it needs it for in terms of like a box office we have to go with the screenwriters guild kind of blah blah, blah. Mm. and it's, this is the kind of bullshit we always have to talk about it's like in, in the same way that we have uh, recently had to address and will in the future say like okay guys i'm releasing it 2020 it's like no you're not Are you fucking insane <laughs> don't worry it's gonna come out just in january and be the best grossing film of that year yeah, what, what, okay. you, you did that for something, Matt, didn't you? I did. We talked about that before. You were like, um, yeah, it'll, it'll eventually come out after COVID. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. sure it will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the point. You end, 2023. Future pitching is always the thing we rarely pull the string on. I haven't done it yet. I know. I think both of you guys have done it, haven't you? We have both done it, I think, yeah. We've done well, you've contemporary done, stuff. I yeah, think. you've done very, very close. I remember you, the sm- yeah. your smoke and aces was pretty... Like, feel like I did my Fantastic then, Beasts pitch. Maybe. And Tim, yeah. you did something on Disney. You did the launch of Disney Plus. I remember that. Yes. That was yeah. Little Mermaid, wasn't yeah. it? I think. Yeah. But again, yeah. our universe didn't have coronavirus, so it's all right. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, never fucking write a strike either, to be fair. Yeah. Optimus Prime blasted it into space. <laughs> exactly. Hoofed <laughs> it. Um, no, but I think, again, in terms of the actual story, it's just a bit more developing of plot points and things like that. And again, I think Rod, Hot Rod, it, anytime someone says, like, mm, I'd like a bit more development here, it's like, you didn't do it in the 86 version and everyone loves the fuck out of it. I'm not saying that means it's perfect, but it's the whole like, it's like nobody fucking develops Bumblebee and everyone loves that wank out of Bumblebee. So yep. it's, the only thing you can get criticized for is people saying, oh, why is Bumblebee sidelined so much? And the answer is, yeah. Jack don't like him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I wanted to stay Bumblebee's with the boy. Fine, but fuck he's off to the boy. uninteresting. He's, yeah. t- he's tied too close to Sam Witwicky. I need to, need yeah. to 
saw those fucking tires clean off. Uh, which again, it, hot, I remember as a kid, Hot Rod was cool. Bumblebee was a pain in the dick. He was an annoying little <laughs> tiny boy. Nobody cared. Yep. Hot Rod was cool. He was Hot Rod by, and Ultra Magnus, baby. Was it, was it Judd Nelson who voiced him, I think? It was Judd Nelson. Yeah, hell, yeah, yeah. Bang on. Oh, that's weird. But yes. Bender I, himself. Yeah, Judd Nelson. It was always the cuss of like, is this the, is this the, is this the episode where RC and Hot Rod fuck? I feel like it's coming. <laughs> I say this now as an adult. Obviously, as a child, I wasn't thinking that at all. I was like, ugh, that's weird. They're holding hands. <laughs> um, but uh, now I'm thinking... Transformers has always been horny, it turns out. There you go. Turns out it's always... <laughs> that's their secret cap. Um, <laughs> that's my thankful. secret, Megatron. I'm always horny. One shall rise, one shall fall to his knees. Mm. Horniness is the right of all sentience. <laughs> Put it in my chest. Like, Jesus Christ, all right. <laughs> transform. And you'll stay in this year. Get inside me and fuck while I transform. Transform <laughs> and pull out. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> We're not going to top that. There we go. On that note, if you have any feedback, if you're a huge Transformers fan, tweet at me. I'm sure Come I'll at get me. some angry Transformers. Come at me, bros and, and sisters and non-binary people. Hit me up on uh, all the social medias. I am JLW Chambers. If you want to hit me up directly, you can go to Sequelizers on all the social medias. If you want to contact the show as a whole, we also have a Discord. Lots of chat. There's going to be a lot of chat about this because I know there are some <laughs> hardcore Transformers fans in the Discord. Uh, you can find the links for all that stuff and all the social media for us and for the show on Sequelizers.com. There's also a link to our shop as well. You can go and buy some merch there as well. All very exciting and lovely stuff. Matt, if they want to contact you directly, how can they do that? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z on the internet. You can go to cheesemint.com and see the things that I make. You can go to the redrighthand.co.uk and see the reviews for the films that I review. Tim, what are you in disguise as and how can I ascertain if you're a good guy or a bad guy by going <sighs> on my thumb and rubbing on a bit of black on you and, I get the, and then your symbol reveals and it says where I can find you on the internet. Uh, I regularly transform into my Twitter account, which is trivia <laughs> underscore lad. Uh, that's where you can find me on the internet uh, if you want to ask me anything or simply uh, marvel at my retweets of various things. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Hope for that it was a good start to season eight because we've got a hell of a lot more cool stuff coming up this season. I'm excited, gentlemen. Are you excited? Yeah, you've got pumped. some cool pitches coming up. We, we did an episode, the, the recording for this day, it may not look like on the runtime, the recording was as long as the fucking Justice League episode. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. We're here for it, guys, we're here for it. We're here, we're ready, we're energised, we got new we're equipment, here. we got new... In disguise. Energy, energon, if you will. <laughs> but until next week, thank you very much for listening. I'll see you then. Stay galvanised, people.